Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. The holidays are upon us, and before you get upset that we're cashing in on this tried and true Christmas episode, just remember, we waited about three months longer than any store you've been within a mile of, okay? Sorry, we're a little sensitive about this. Anyways, this time around, we thought we'd share some of our favorite Yuletide movies and songs for your enjoyment in this episode 49 jingle this a very free-range idiocy christmas my name is todd and with me as always is the man who was once arrested for impersonating santa claus at a department store which usually isn't too big of a deal except it was august and he wasn't wearing any pants ah. he is the ebenezer scrooge to my jacob marley i've been haunting him for well over 20 years now and he still refuses to give stevie a peek just a <laughs> That's it. I give you the man they called him. Greetings and salutations, my brother. Ah, you went with the. Cl- See, I mentioned a little Charles Dickens. And That's right. With the had to bring this- the old English. Yes. Ah, and forthwith we shall. I. I don't. Hither know, <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Ladies, I'm trying and to bring some class. <laughs> oh, we're about forty-nine episodes too late for that. <laughs> How are you, my friend? That horse went out the barn a long time ago. Okay? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I, I'm doing all right. I'm 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 not quite as sassy as I was last week, but man, let me just tell you. Uh-huh. Is there a greater thing on this planet than the Sunday afternoon nap? No. Oh. No. I'm feeling invigorated. I'm feeling awake, alive. I mean, and it's not just the bourbon. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Dare we say, are you feeling Glorious? Uh, okay, fine. I'm, I'm feeling glorious. Yeah. There we go. Glorious! Oh, boy. So no no uh, question on the tag team because, well, again, it's Christmas. So we are going to uh, talk a little bit about the season that is upon us. And, uh, well, I mean, let's face it. We're just trying to kill time until we, we can talk about some more, more Mandalorian episodes next week. So... <laughs> Truth be told, this is you know. I mean, we uh, we've always said that we'd be honest with you. And by the way, those pants totally don't make you look fat. Just saying. They, Thank you. You you look marvelous. I was I was talking to the listeners, not oh, you. Okay. No, I mean you know those sweats are you know. <laughs> they sweats. My recreation pants. All right. We're already like so far off topic. It's not even funny. Of course. So, uh, before we dive into the subject at hand, uh, sir, uh, what's that time again? What's the Week in Geek guy for us? The Week in Geek. Feels so funky. Well, we are still in the midst of football season. Yes, we uh, are. And I uh, figure we should uh, swing on over to the uh, fantasy football update segment of this segment. So a sub-segment, if you will. Uh, 
We got sub-segments and segments and things. We got segments within segments. It's like, you know, Russian doll sort of situation over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I honestly don't know if I'm going to make it to this episode. You might have to you might have to carry this one on home. Maybe, yourself. maybe. But <laughs> uh, last week uh, suffered an L. I uh, yeah. did did not perform well due to my uh, as as we discussed due due to my picks, and uh, you know Cam Newton putting up uh, only two more points than my kicker. So, you know, things are going well at that point. Um, This week, you know, I'm looking at my, you know, the rundown here, looking what I feel to be respectable, not too far off, I feel. And yet Yahoo has my opponent as a 92% chance to win with only a wide receiver, uh, tight end, and a kicker in play at the moment. So Mm. I, I am currently down 190 to 165. Uh, if I lose, I am mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm just going to write off this year uh, due to you know COVID wreaking havoc on 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 my fantasy team. It, it has been COVID didn't have nothing to do with you picking Cam Newton that many times over Tom. No, Brady. Now, it did. Well, it had nothing. It had did nothing even... to do with Newton. But I I would have come down with COVID and I didn't notice. I would have won last week had my my original starting running backs, which happened to be from Pittsburgh and Baltimore respectively, mm-hmm. uh, if they had been able to play. But both of them uh, were were uh, labeled with uh, COVID. So I could not play them, and I had to kind of cobble together what I could. Uh, and so, or if you'd started Tom Brady over Cam Newton, well, I think even if I started Brady, I still would have lost by. It just would have been more respectable, kind of like uh, Idiot Bowl one. But nonetheless, I am down one ninety to one sixty five, uh, and uh, it is not looking good. So Idiot Bowl two is in dire uh, jeopardy at this point. But how are you yeah. doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good here. Uh, it, it is 223 to 103 in my favor at this point. I have a 98% chance of winning, as close to a lead pipe cinch as you are going to get. And uh, right now, uh, my my esteemed opponent has a wide receiver going as we are recording this on Sunday evening, and then a a wide receiver going tomorrow and a running back going tomorrow and a defense going tomorrow, but yet I am still a 92%, 98% chance to win with only two wide receivers going tomorrow. So I'm feeling pretty good, and if, uh, if everything kind of shakes out the way that it's supposed to, I will find myself in a tie for second place at the end of the regular season, which nice. is after starting off at bottom or second to last – I have managed to go not quite worst to first, but about as damn close as you're going to get. <laughs> Very so nice. So I'm I'm taking a little solace in that, and now watch me get eliminated in like the first or second round because that's. <laughs> Although it's I gotta still say, 2020. I gotta say, my goodness, the Patriots defense po- posting 45 fantasy points. That is that's beyond abnormal. That's that's like uh, mm-hmm. once in a blue moon sort of thing. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's unreal. But I mean that's also what three sacks, Jeez. two interceptions, a defensive touchdown, a block kick, 145 return yards, one return TD. I mean, yeah, you don't get the you don't get that sort of a performance. Just that doesn't those things don't happen. No, you they know? Don't. no, they don't. But at least I was there to bear witness 
Uh, not really. I mean, I didn't watch the game. I, I'm pretty sure I was sleeping during that game. I think you game. were sleeping during the game, yes. <laughs> yes, you and were. And you know what? I'm happy with that. I'm good. <laughs> Whatever. You know? You were all the better for it, my friend. Uh, I like to think that. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, and I, I believe I've got a buy heading into next week in terms of uh, how now, the schedule. if you're in third place, you don't have a buy. Uh, I think I'm in second. I'm going to be in second. Really? Yeah, because if I'm uh, if I look at my yield stat tracker in the live standings, yes. I would be in a tie for. Se- well, that ha- how's that going to work? Because there's two of us, so how are they going to figure out? So a- yeah, what they end up I doing is they will probably go to points four, so the number of points you've scored across the season. Ah. In which case, I think the team that is currently ranked number two has uh, has more than you. Yeah, so son I, of a sea biscuit. Yeah, so I believe you're going to be. Uh, yeah, so you'll be in third. You will take on the sixth place team. That's why I was hoping I could, you know, win this week because if I did, then I would be able to face you an idiot bowl too. Um, and then fourth and and fifth will will uh, will face off. Now, unfortunately for me, uh, I was trying. I was hoping that maybe you know the fantasy football gods would smile upon me today and I would potentially be able to jump from seventh into fifth. But then I looked, and the fifth place team is playing our our bottom dweller team, our, our cellar dwellers. Yeah, uh, the team I added just to even it out so we could draft, and uh, so yeah, he's 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 got that one locked up. So yep. best I could do is sixth, and I'm already not. It's it's not looking good. No, and as as I'm looking at this, I'm probably gonna end up playing the same team that I played this week next week. Serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's in first, isn't he? You're you're no, playing I'm, the first place team. I am. Oh wait a minute, I am. Yes, you are. You're putting the hurt on him. I, oh, you know what? I was looking at who you're playing. I'm playing the, I'm playing your opponent next week then. Yes, you are. All right. You would have been playing me. We could have had Idiot Bowl too, but then this guy had to go and and, and field a good team. And gosh, or, darn it. You know, I mean, much like, you know, a way of breaking Roman Reigns' guillotine, if you had just started Tom Brady the entire season – we wouldn't be having this conversation. We we would be doing a preview. We'd be doing an entire episode previewing Idiot Bowl too. I beg to differ, because I Brady not. and Newton were 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 polar opposites on opposing weeks. You one would be really hot, the other. It, it's it's like the light side and dark side of the force. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're wrong. Anyways. I almost I almost spit out my. I uh, good. My, I'm my glad. Rye on that one. <laughs> I'm glad I held it in because this is some good stuff. I, don't I was going to s- say, you, you don't want to waste whatever uh, fine bourbon you're consuming over there, my friend. I don't mind shorting out my computer, but I don't want to waste a you know a good gulp of, of Kentucky rye whiskey. Good Lord. That's just a, that's a oh, shame. Man. Oh, well. So what else we got for the Week in Geek besides uh, your- And then the only other item, we're, we're going to keep this a uh, little bit tight uh, and, and short in content today, um, where Warner Brothers announcing that uh, in 2021, they are going to release their entire slate of movies, uh, not only in theaters, um, but pulling the unprecedented move of going ahead and releasing them for at least the first 31 days of uh, the movie's release on HBO Max. Um, Mm. And they're starting this with Wonder Woman 1984. And it is going to carry into a whole bunch of movies uh, in 2021. The the Suicide Squad, The Matrix 4, Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong. There's a whole bunch of them. 
Yeah. Um, of course, of course, they start getting really not impressive once you get past like the first five. Yes. And it's like well, this is what, true. What? Like I'm not really looking forward to Tom and Jerry. Not really looking forward to Mortal Kombat. Can't imagine the acting chops will have improved much from the '90s version of that video what game. About, what about Cry Macho? Is that the sequel to Nacho Libre? It's the best. Love it. I don't know. Although okay. I mean, the the old uh, the old Mortal Kombat. Or no, I'm I'm thinking Street Fighter because Street Fighter had Jean Claude Van Damme, Raul Julia. Yes. All the who was in Mortal Kombat? Was it that was actually a movie? Oh yeah, there was a Mortal Kombat movie, and I think they had a sequel and maybe of even a third was. one. Oh jeez. And they got progressively worse as they went. It was kind of like RoboCop, you know? Like, at some point, it wasn't even, like, the, the original actor playing RoboCop by the third one, you know? It was like The some, hell you say? Sequels get worse as they go along? Some jabroni no. was, was filling in for Peter Weller, and it's just like, <laughs> come on now. There's certain things you don't do, and one of them is you don't have RoboCop without Peter Weller. No, you don't put Peter Weller in a corner. You, darn tootin'. <laughs> so, but having said a- that, this is... Uh, this is an interesting move because now you have movies, first-run movies, coming out on a streaming platform as well as the physical theater. But which do you think most people are going to probably do? <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, and this is a game changer. And people, uh, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, well, you know, this is only for COVID." But I mean, once you get the toothpaste out of the tube. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to still want this going forward. And and the yeah. other part of this is, depending on, I mean, because let's face it, uh, I don't know about you, but I ain't got a second check. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot going out for uh, live music venues, entertainment yeah. venues, uh, especially theaters. I mean, there's no assistance coming from the government about any of that. So it's a question of how many theater chains and theater houses are going to still be around yeah. when people actually feel good enough to go out to a theater and sit like within like, you know, elbow to elbow with somebody. Exactly. I don't know, man. I mean, because it, it's they're hedging their bets a little bit and then it's going to be a matter of like, oh, well, it's only going to be in theaters. Like, yeah, all like 300 screens that are now <laughs> open in the United right. States. Right. Eh, I don't know, man. I mean. Yeah. Who knows where this is going to go? But, I mean, I think this is actually the smartest move that anybody's made. I don't know why, you know, I mean, Disney did the Milan, you know, pay uh, pay a little bit up front so that you can see it uh, a month or month and a half before everyone else can on, on the streaming service you're already subscribing to. There's a bunch of movies that have gone just like, you know, view on demand. And, uh, you know, then they're going to HBO Max, which was kind of the, you know, with Wonder Woman, that was the one that got announced first. And that was like even more of a game changer because it's like, oh, and hey, we're going to put it on HBO Max and we're not going the Mulan route. Like, you get it. Everybody gets it. It's just going to be there. You don't have to pay $25, $30 to see it. Yeah. It's just there. That's the part that's remar- oh, that, that's a bit remarkable to me because they're, they're really, I mean, I don't know what kind of deal they struck with HBO, but it feels like, at least on the surface, they're leaving money on the table. But at the same time, given the circumstances, what, what else are they going to do? Well, yeah, and the the thing is, this is a win for HBO because even though HBO, HBO Max, it seems like it's doing doing fairly well, you know. And their big shiny thing was, uh, you know, the Snyder Cut. That was one of the things that they first announced. And of course, we're not getting that till sometime in twenty twenty one. Yeah. And they had a bunch of the DC, you know, movies and stuff like that. And and they've got a lot of the old, you know, like American, you know, AMC stuff and. 
there's, I mean, I, I, not to like turn this into a commercial for HBO Max, but it, there is a wide variety of stuff on there. Yes, there is. You know, I mean, I've, I've kind of spent a bunch of time going through there. I mean, actually right now, or well, a little while ago, my wife and my daughter were watching their way through Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And so we've been binge watching that and all the episodes, all six seasons are on there. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of good stuff. But I mean, to me, like this is they're trying to get more subscribers because they're still lagging behind, you know, Disney Plus and mm-hmm. And both of them are lagging behind Netflix. Netflix is definitely the big, oh, yeah. you know, the, the big bully in this, although depending on how things shake out as far as everybody having their own streaming platform and all that, who knows where that's going. But. Uh, although it's funny, like it doesn't seem like Warner Brothers really consulted to any of the uh, the pro- the pro- uh, like the production houses that were responsible for these movies. They're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna do that, and they didn't bother to tell anybody. <laughs> oh boy! And since everything is a you know a lot of these deals have parts that are off of the gross that are off of the ticket sales. Uh, but I think it's I think it's the smartest thing possible because you're yeah. you're hedging your bets. You're gonna get people. You're gonna get eyeballs. On the streaming service, uh, and then you'll you'll also catch whoever is in a good enough place to go to the theater, you know. And I think we saw this with Tenet. I mean, people thought, oh yeah, Tenet's like a mask worthy mask worthy movie, and this and that and the other. And I think a bunch of people went to see it, but then it also took out. I don't know how many people really took into consideration. Oh, but then how many theaters are actually open? Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there just wasn't. I mean, I don't think they had any theaters around here that were open at the time when Tenet came out. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yep. Yeah, and and I don't recall around here what was in not open, but I'm trying to think. I think there was uh, a theater here or there open, but I think for the most part, yeah, they they've been pretty pretty shut down. Um, mm. you know, all things considered, makes I I mean, things are very different out in in in, in Illinois in terms of what's going on with counts and stuff like that in term and versus, you know, what's happening in New England, but mm. um but yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's been a little odd not <laughs> not going to the movie theaters, but I got to say it's been really nice just, you know, as a family kind of plopping down and just throwing on a streaming service and watching, you know, whether it's Mandalorian or uh you know, watching a Christmas movie or something. It's it's been nice to just kind of stream it you know, from home. Mm. And yeah, and, it, and that's the crazy part is technology's to a point now where you can get a really great experience at home and not have to go to the theater. And, and you know, for a while, the, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, the movie companies weren't going to change things up, but now, you know, th- conditions have, have, you know, shifted significantly. So mm. um, at least in the short term for right now. So, yeah. I mean, I don't have, I mean, I, I'll agree to a certain point and I'm not, I do not have like the full on like home theater experience. So there's definitely some movies like I, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm going to watch Wonder Woman 84, you know, on Christmas Day. Cause I mean, what else are you going to do? Like there's only but so many presents to open. There's only so many cookies to eat. There's only so much, you know, Christmas dinner to, to do, to eat. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to see anybody. No one's coming to see us. So at a certain point in the afternoon, it's going to be like, all right, well, hey. Here's a new Wonder Woman movie. Let's watch this. Um, nice. But I got to say, I will be a little disappointed to be watching that on my TV instead of in a theater. Like there yeah. are, yeah. like the Marvel movies are great and everything. Watching them at home, but I I had an experience watching almost all of those in yeah. the theater. You know, yeah. and and like Matrix Four. Dang, I want to see that on a big screen. But there's a lot of things I wanted to do in 2020. Yeah, I'll take what I can get. Right. Right. 
Tom and Jerry, I can watch that in the small screen. That's not a problem. Yep, guilty pleasures. <laughs> and, guilty and, pleasures. Hey, it's free. Now, Dune, that's one that I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bummed to see at home. Yeah. I might I might have to try and save a few pennies between whenever that's gonna come out and see if I can get myself a little bit more equipped in terms of home theater yeah. because I wanna see that in all of its glory. So we'll oh, yeah. we'll see how that we'll have to see when the release date is on that one. Yeah. So yeah, just a very, very interesting move by Warner Brothers and uh, and HBO and it'll be interesting to see what happens next year and you know not just and, and and you you know you mentioned this too i mean it's not just movie theaters it's it's any venues you know that we would congregate at mm. to, to watch you know live shows and that sort of thing i mean we we have an outdoor uh, venue that we like to see or go and, and see different shows at um out here called ravinia and uh and it's great you know you uh there, there's a there's an open area like you can either sit in in kind of the you can pay a little extra and and sit kind of in the amphitheater kind of area, and then there's mm-hmm. a bunch of like grounds behind it where people can just buy like basically it's it's a yard ticket, and you basically just bring your own chairs, blankets, whatever. I mean, I mean, people do it up. I mean, they, they they've done like Lord of the Rings where the Chicago uh, Symphony Orchestra will play the um, the score to the movie uh, in mm-hmm. sync with the movie playing. Oh, nice. And so we would go with some friends and basically, you know, you, you cordon off your spot and, and you set some blankets and some chairs out. You bring a bunch of food. I mean, it's you make a day of it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and of course, this year, none of that happened. So, you know, you're hoping that a lot of these venues uh, can can just kind of ride it out, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, you know, and at least until next year when hopefully we can get back to some some semblance of normalcy again. Yeah. And another thing to keep in mind is if there's a, uh, for instance, in uh, in Portland, Maine, there's a place that I've I've seen a bunch of great shows that I've had a chance to play a bunch of shows there. And it's run by an extraordinarily uh, wonderful guy. And it's called Portland House of Music. And they're running a, you know, like a, uh, I don't know, if it's a GoFundMe or whatever. They're, they're doing a crowdsourcing campaign. They're selling merch on their website, which is not really something they were they were big on. But, you know, you can buy T-shirts and all that stuff. I mean, if you if there's a venue that you go, you go to on a regular basis, check out their website, check out their Facebook, keep tabs on them, and see if they're doing like a fundraiser. Because if you can kick in like, if you think, well, gee, I, I probably would have gone to like at least two shows in the past six months. So hey, there's thirty bucks or whatever I would have spent. Drop that in the in the bucket for them if you can, you yeah, know, or yeah. or buy a T-shirt or something. Any way that you can help some of these places or or any local business around you is well worth your time, yeah. you know. Especially this time of year, like we're coming up on the end of the year, you know, a lot of a lot of people are hurting. Do what you can, you know. That's my my little PSA. Very nice, and that, my friend, is the weekend geek. Well, thank you very much, sir, for your, as always, uh, superb investigative reporting. And, thank you. And, I and do try. Muck raking, if you will. <laughs> hey, I try not to muck. I try not to rake anyone over the muck. Well, that's a noble pursuit as well. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some favorite Christmas movies, some favorite Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we're, we're first of all, we're going to start off with Christmas movies. And, and please note, first and foremost, that in much the same way as with other things, we kind of take some things off the off the table because it just isn't obvious. It's a gimme and it would just take up space. So we have to take those out of the out of the equation in order to actually get down to some some things that we might not necessarily agree on as much. 
So uh, for the purposes of our top five Christmas movies, we are excluding what I like to call the holy trinity of Christmas movies, which is Die Hard, Die Hard 2, and A Christmas Story, because it goes without saying that all of those would be in our top five, and then mm-hmm. we'd only pick two other movies. And this is the point in time when I, I need to tell a little story. So, so kids, kids, get, gather around a little bit. This and, Uncle uh, Todd moment is going to be brought to you by whatever brand name bourbon he's currently drinking. Uh, that would be New Riff, uh, Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. It's a it's a fine, lovely beverage if you have the means. I highly recommend it. Very um, nice. So uh, back in the day... Back in the day when 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 uh, when when Timmy and I were were renting an apartment, and uh, <laughs> apparently apparently Tim was was unfamiliar with the fact that that a Christmas story ran to like twenty four hours a day, or it used to on like TBS or one of those channels. And I think at one one or two years they actually ran it like twenty four hours a day, like seven days a week, leading up to Christmas. Like they went way over the top. And so I would walk in, and you were watching it, and you're like, hey, look, a Christmas story is on. I'm like, yeah, they're running it right until, me, until Christmas. I'm like, no, 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 no. Then later on, I'm like, hey, it's on again. I'm like, I know, they're running it until Christmas time. <laughs> and I think it was, it was like the third time you were channel surfing, you came across, you're like, hey, wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I need a beer. I can't I'm on to something anymore. here. I'm <laughs> on to like, something. Oh, nothing gets past you, you sleuth, you. That's right. <laughs> Inspector Clouseau, I am. Now, I mention that because that's like the, one of the only examples of that that I have. <laughs> Normally, in, in in my stories, I come off looking like, you know, the smart guy and, and, and Tim's like bumbling around. In real life, it's the exact opposite. Oh, come on now. <laughs> There's only a handful of, handful of those stories. And I just milk them for all they're worth. Oh, Anyways, funny. so those three are off the table. So we are yes. going to then have our top five. We're going to go in uh, in reverse order. So our... Are, are five to one mm-hmm. and uh now should we should we flip a coin or should we just uh i don't know how do we normally do this well uh you know given that i have uh kind of repurposed or or have, i kind of have this week in geek segment now that just kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> why don't you start my friend oh why thank the people's you. hear enough of of my ramblings why don't we hear <laughs> a little bit more of uncle todd that's the last thing anybody really needs to hear, but I appreciate your courtesy. Uh, so, so leading off of my top five in the in the five spot is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, or what I like to lovingly refer to as that wonderful time when Randy Quaid was still not completely bat spit insane and only partially insane. Because <laughs> right now, I'm pretty sure Randy is just basically Uncle Eddie. That's he is. That's who he's become. Living the gimmick. Uh, yes, and hiding from extradition, I believe. Um, so yeah, this uh, and I'm I'm not going to go too deep on this one because uh, spoiler alert: this this was also on Tim's top five. So I don't mm-hmm. want to get too deep. I don't want to steal his thunder. But man, I was always just a big fan of of the the vacation movies in general, and this was this is just one that is so full of great lines, and uh, I I can't I think this might have been was this Juliette Lewis's only appearance in the vacation movies or was she also in another one no i i think so i mean there have been they some... kept on changing the kids like we wouldn't know right. like it, as long as it's beverly d'angelo like everyone's like all right sure it's you know clark and and whatever right. and then different kids every time right. <laughs> it's like well, right. wait a minute 
these kids never age. What's yeah, happening? I think this movie was the one that followed European Vacation. Mm. And I believe that was the first time Juliet Lewis was playing. Well, well, both both of both of the kids or the actors were playing the kids. I don't believe they came back for another run, but I know there has been one or two other vacation movies since then. I don't think they did nearly as well. I thought there was one they tried to do in the 2000s, maybe in the late 90s. I, I could have this wrong, but, you know, of course, yeah, they, Chevy they Chase Vegas and Beverly Vic. D'Angelo came back. But I, I just don't remember if – if because uh, Juliet Lewis is the daughter, and then the son is um, – oh, gosh, he played on Big Bang Theory. I can't think of his name. Oh, I've got it right here. Hang on a second. It's um, – Jimmy Galecki. Ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> yes. and But, yeah, so the Vegas vacation came after this – uh well wow eight years after this and yeah Juliet Lewis was then on to other things <laughs> and uh yeah but wow I didn't realize I was a big, uh, big bang dude all right cool uh but yeah uh, so so great and and of course I mean the the whole gimmick with the lights and everything but I I gotta I gotta say like this is one of the first kind of movies that I would I started getting a little bit like nostalgic mm-hmm. I mean in 1990 in 1989 I mean I was all of uh, gosh what was I at that point I got now I got a math oh boy I was getting like in my I was in my teens and all and I don't know why I was feeling nostalgic for like back in the day when it's like oh Christmas morning and that so like the time when Clark is stuck up in the in the attic and he's watching all the old family films like yeah I started getting a little like the, the room started getting a little dusty and at yes. the ripe old age of like 13 or 14 I was feeling like oh my better days are behind me and like, <laughs> I don't oh, know what the hell Lord. was going on <laughs> I blame it on the hormones basically um but yeah the, so just a classic an utter classic and that's that's where I'll leave it because I want to save you some uh some time on this one a little bit later yeah I I, I will hold back from giving uh, my remarks on it because uh, I, I have a similar kind of story like what you were just sharing um, on that. So I, I will defer until uh, it is my time. Defer until the second half. That's right. Like the good Belichick disciple Belichick that you are. Style. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to take the second half because, you know, when we get to the second half, we can, you know, try and score before halftime unless, you know, Newton just like completely Do just crashes. Do your job. You know, so Do your so job. I, I didn't quite go. I didn't quite go deep enough into the mumble. It really is like you, you, did. Get, you, get, you, you have to get right down here. You know, then you know. Uh, but so, what do you got in the five spot, sir? Uh, in the five spot for me is Good Lord, uh, that, that sounds way dirtier than it really should, doesn't it? What? Come on. About, so, so what do you got in the five spot? It's like ooh, Home know, Alone, something. which I guess doesn't play into what you're saying very well, does it? No. Well. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> It really depends on the context. But anyways, anyways, we're going to talk about the movie. Home Alone uh, is one of those uh, just just classics for for me. One of the things for 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 me with with the movies that I have in in my list, and I'm and I'm 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 guessing there there's there's a bit of similarity with yours as well. Is there there is an aspect of rewatchability? You've got to be able to watch this thing year after year after year and and want to watch it. You know, some some Christmas movies don't quite do that for me, um, mm-hmm. but but this one does. This this is a fun tale of a young boy abandoned by his family. 
<laughs> unwittingly. Um, yeah. But another but, movie that couldn't that couldn't happen now that we have like cell phones yes. and, and like internet and everything. Like there's there's this whole like realm of movies that just don't work anymore because there's yes. no way you would be out of communication. Yes, ever. And and it was funny because when we watched it with our kids, we had those conversations because it's like, well, hey, I would have just done this, and I'm like, yeah, well, that didn't exist back then, so it's yeah. like this is why. But uh, for 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 me the um you know it's 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 a great story uh great concept to it love the kind of mini story between uh Kevin McAllister uh the kid and 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 kind of the the old scary neighbor and what kind of happens mm. there is 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 you know great 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 heartwarming story there but man him beating the tar out of Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci oh, if that geez. isn't the funniest thing in the world i i i don't know what is i i i just every single time i will cry i'm laughing so hard and i want to know how many outtakes there were with joe pesci cussing just on <laughs> reflex and that they just have like joe it's it, you can't do that in this movie i know i know i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry okay 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 what am i amusing to you am i a clown but but oh, but which, uh, oh daniel gosh, stern no. is like a revelation in this movie the the, mm. the the funniest part for me and every single time i watch this you know, of course, if I were to watch it like 10 times in a row, it probably wouldn't have the same effect. But every year when we watch it, because it is a yearly thing we do, the part where he's about to get Kevin McAllister and he grabs his leg and he's looking up at him. He's laying on the ground. This is after they've they've gone through all of this other mm-hmm. rigmarole. I mean, they're 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 without shoes there you know, five points for you for using the word rigmarole. <laughs> well, ironically, you know, I got to wow. work it in there somewhere. And and all he does is he takes his brother's spider and he puts it on his face. Yes. And this blood curdling scream that he gives off mm-hmm. is of the sort of thing that you know the very first time I saw it and every time I see it after that when whenever we watch it every year I am dying laughing. It is just I don't know why it is just the funniest thing to watch. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> and the, I just and love then the, it. So. And then the follow up to that, like they bring the joke back, and yes. and the and then it's on Joe Pesci, and he and he had like the shovel or something, and he's like, what what do you what are you doing, Marv? What what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's about to just beat the living crap out of him with the shovel. He's like, what do you what are you doing, Marv? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, and oh, yeah. and if you think about it, what's really funny, you know, about that movie made in the late '80s, was a lot of the humor, a lot of that physical comedy was very reminiscent of the Three Stooges. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 just having, I mean, I you know, I, I think it's certainly Joe, you know Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I I think are just you know like any movie that just does well you get the right mix of people the chemistry mm. and everything and they just did the physical comedy stuff so well i mean it was oh, yeah. just I so i mean joe pesci so is basically playing mo the entire thing and yes then, and daniel stern is is some form of like amalgam like amalgamation of of larry i mean of of larry and curly and shemp you know yes. all just kind of different aspects of that but oh yes yeah totally i get that now, now i we, now I, were you one of the guys uh, just uh, before i are you just a side track a little bit yes sir were, were you a three stooges like marathon new year's eve marathon guy oh you up? know it okay all right oh, just you wanted know to check it. wsbk 38 my friend i was uh, ready to roll niagara falls <laughs> slow 
Oleiter. <laughs> Niagara Falls. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, this is this is like definitely uh, like a second or third cousin to that. Totally. Well, yeah. and and I I have to you know also give props to to Daniel Stern for for acting with conviction when he declares that he is trying to establish he and Joe Pesci as as this thieving duo in in this community as the wet bandits. <laughs> oh my gosh. By by causing flooding in the homes unto which they steal from. Oh hell no. There's so many comments I want to make right now but it's a family show. So I I'm know. Leave those out. Do do I have oh. that name right? It, it, like isn't that what they called themselves? I'm I almost you know I believe so. Yes. Don't Google that because you're you're gonna you're gonna mess up your search history. No, I'm just no, no, saying. No. <laughs> I'm just uh, I, I'm, I'm just yeah, looking at it, but, but yes. So that 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 is my number five. I I will come back in a moment to uh, correct myself. All right. Yeah, that was that's a great flick. My my yes, my wet wife, bandits. Daughter, it, they were known as the wet bandits. It was very funny. Geez. My wife and my daughter just uh, were watching that the other day, and I realized it was it was the first time that my daughter had seen it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're 13. This is like the first time you're seeing this. And we're horrible parents. Yeah, that's that's a that's a solid 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 pick right there. What about you, um, sir? Number four. So number four, Bobby Orr. Uh, this one here is uh, I'm I'm gonna put a Charlie Brown Christmas, and I know that this was a made for TV. It's not even necessarily movie length. I mean, good lord, it's. Uh, let me see here. How long is this thing? It's only thirty minutes. Uh, twenty-five. It's thirty minutes with the commercials, but uh, I'm I'm going to count it because it is a tr- it's a Christmas tradition, and it is one of those things that I look forward to watching every year. Um, and part of it is the the soundtrack. The uh, Vince yes. Guaraldi and uh, oh my gosh, there is no better. If I if I had to like ditch every piece of Christmas music around, and we'll get to this later on. And if I had to pick like one album, oh man, I would be very tempted for it to be my Desert Island Christmas album. Uh, yeah. So good, and and overall just a just a lot of fun, and it's goofy and dated, and there's I love watching it and seeing, uh, and maybe they I doubt they've corrected it, but I uh, on the DVD that we have, not even Blu-ray, just the old school DVD. You know, you see the, like the shirts change color vaguely between scenes, and like there you can see all the continuity errors and all of that stuff, and oh yeah. It's, I just love all of that. I love how old and dated and just kind of you can tell it was made just to get it on TV and get some viewers and 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 it's just kind of become this thing that folks like me just remember fondly. And um, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and and the whole, you know, Linus thing about, you know, what Christmas is, but then you have that <laughs> you have like Snoopy trying to decorate his house and the whole thing. And it, and it also it makes you realize like, oh my gosh, kids were so much meaner. Like just the utter like I mean, you want to talk about bullying? Oh my good lord! These kids just take it out on Charlie Brown, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a vicious way. Yes, <laughs> like you've done some dumb things before, but this takes the cake. Like, whoa, dang! Mm-hmm. Can't make that today. You would have lawsuits and sensitivity training and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> lawsuits on top of lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, I, this one it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, I, I love it, and I love, I especially love the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, when they recorded this, they used all kids' voices. Like it's not like actors who are, you know, like 
older who could then sound like kids. Like they used legit kids for all of these parts, which I imagine I then think I'm like, oh, isn't that nice? And then I think about the recording engineers who are trying to record these things. I'm like, oh, God, that must have been torture. <laughs> it's just like take after take yeah. after take. And some kid starts crying. And then, oh, my gosh, yep. <clears throat> it must have been interesting day there in the studio. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but that is that is that is mine. And I love the, the whole like anti-commercialism like thing but done in a funny way and i mean even go oh my gosh even go it's like the the christmas tree yard where all the christmas trees are like aluminum it's, oh yeah yeah and they're all different colors and yeah. oh it's it, yeah. it's just wonderful it really is just wonderful it i is. love it it is well had had, had i known we were going to count television shows in the oh, movie category geez. this would have been Here my we number go. one but i i wholeheartedly support this 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 is the favorite among favorites in in our house and and is a staple of of the holiday season for us we we watch this at least a couple times uh just to get into that christmas spirit and and also the music which we'll get into in a little bit so Mm, yeah but my favorite line just real quick or, or, or one of my favorite lines um yeah i forget if it's uh i think it's lucy when she's talking to charlie brown I, I just love you know the fact that she refers to uh, it's 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 being run by a big Eastern syndicate. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's always good. <laughs> I just I remember as a kid, just like I just I, I don't know why I like that line, but it just it, it made it sound like so diabolical. You know, it's oh, like yeah. a big Eastern syndicate. <laughs> it's one of those things that you don't you you don't really understand what it means. It just sounds funny. Yes, you know. Yes. And I, another great line in that was when um when the the little redheaded or the whatever the the, the curly red haired girl. Yes. And yes. and she's talking about pig pen and she gets in the mirror and is like, see, look at yourself. And he's like, on the contrary, I didn't think I looked that good. And uh, I was like, wow. That kind of describes me every morning when I get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, huh, and not one, that bad. And one of the highlights, and one of the highlights is that Snoopy, he play bass. Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> come on. Because <clears throat> all the cool kids play bass. That's right. Oh my gosh! And then, uh, um, oh, what was another great line from that? Shoot! I'm, oh, and uh, you know, like, what are you gonna do when you when you grow up with that blanket? He's like, I'll probably make a sport coat. I mean, <laughs> come on! <laughs> how how can you not love that? I know. Oh. Or or when he's about to get socked by his sister and he like throws it over his yes. head and it just immediately becomes a shepherd's like hood, you know? Yeah. Or when she's like, you know, I'll give you five good reasons. And oh, she makes yeah. a fist like, those are good reasons. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely. Uh, Snoopy yeah. doing all the animals was, was hysterical. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. It's all good. It's, it's all good. Just, it's, it's just such a classic. Such a classic. Mm. So what do you got uh, sitting in the four spot for you? Uh, well, so for, for my top five, like I said, I stayed within the movie realm. But uh, my number four... Don't, don't say it with that with that air about you. Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I feel bad because I would have included that one. I, I it's it, it, it would have been my number one. You know what I mean? And, and you know what? Then we would have had more in common, and this wouldn't have been nearly as interesting. That's true. That's true. Uh, number four uh, will be kind of a, a probably seem like an uncharacteristic or unlikely sort of pick, but uh, Love Actually, uh, which is a movie that uh, takes place around the time of the holidays. But the premise onto which is really about how uh, love is, in fact, everywhere. And 
follows, uh, you know, the stories of, of several characters and they're, you know, mostly comedic and, and yet some somewhat heartwarming, you know, stories of, of how they, you know, navigate love in, in their lives in, in very different ways across, uh, you know, across this movie. And, and so I, I really like it. Um, it's, it's one that's become kind of, uh, you know, yearly viewing for my wife and I, we, we, we really enjoy it. What's really funny is uh, one of the actors in it is Andrew Lincoln, who, if you know him, is made a real name for himself on The Walking Dead. <laughs> so it's kind of funny to see him in this movie as huh. this young, you know, young, not quite Rick Grimes uh, yet sort of character. Um, <laughs> but what what I really uh, uh, like about it is um, all of the all of the characters have the the stories that that play out in kind of funny ways, but. There, there, there is a, kind of an underlying, you know, serious tone to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm trying to think, uh, who is the actor from? Oh gosh, who is the guy who played the, the the bad guy in Die Hard? Rickman. Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. He's in this movie. Of, uh, the, I was just looking at the cast. Like this is a cast that you just couldn't get. I mean, it, it's one of those casts that now, like this, however many years later, yes. you look back and you're like, oh my good lord, it's a, it's it's an all star lineup. Yeah, Liam I mean, Neeson's Colin, in it. Yeah, Colin Firth, Bill Nye, mm-hmm. Emma Thompson. I mean, then you start getting a little bit further down to guy, to people who are like build further down who hadn't really made a name for themselves. But uh, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, I, I've completely butchered that name, and I yep. apologize. Yep. A fantastic actor who's now been in like huge movies. My, one of my favorites of him is is actually The Martian. I yep. thought I loved his character in The Martian. Oh, Kira yeah. Knightley. I mean, and Hugh Grant who was of course huge then, but I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, such a great cast. Yeah. Yeah, just just a lot of little kind of love stories playing out, but you know, the one with Rickman and Emma Thompson who play this married mm. couple is one of the most heartbreaking to watch. Yes. Um, because oh. he plays he plays a guy who is basically, you know, he's kind of in that middle age sort of phase of life and he's getting paid attention to by, you know, kind of a young coworker. And, you know, it's just it, it which now that I'm saying it, I know it doesn't really feel like in the spirit of the holidays. But if, if you can, you know, kind of see it, it's it's very um, the stories have a lot of heart to them. They, they have, you know, probably a lot of. I, I don't mean to say relevancy because, you know, not all of us can equate to all. But but I think there's at least a story in there that we can kind of kind of connect with a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, this it's a it's a bunch of different stories that all kind of tie yes. together and, yes. and does it very deftly. Like they all yes. come together. and It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel forced like that just kind of comes into like ties up into this bow. Thank you. You, you could and articulate it, what I could not. And and really also just those different perspectives on different relationships and and the yep. things that different people are looking for and all the different angles. Yes, you know it's it is rem, it is a remarkable movie. And I and now full disclosure, I gave Tim a hard time about this movie before <laughs> we started. Well, I you know I, I understand, but however, I own this on DVD, mm-hmm. and and I own it. Because I'm married, quite honestly, mm-hmm. and and it's a movie that my wife enjoys and that that sh- that we will watch together because there is a very slim uh, sort of region of movies that my wife and I <laughs> can kind of agree on. So I take what I can get, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, 
you yes, know, indeed. maybe that's a whole other episode of of how to how to navigate like finding movies that your significant other and you can watch together. But yes. this movie, this movie, like taking out the idea of the rom com or whatever stigmas that you want to assign to it, yeah. it it does a very good job. Much like, um, oh my gosh, the the Sami Zayn, what's his face, match that we were talking about from Survivor Series. Oh, um, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not intended to be war and peace. It's right, it is right. th- this story, and they execute that story very well. And it's not meant to be this huge, great spanning epic. It's just supposed to be a bunch of yarns that all come together, and yeah. they do it very well. It's put together very well, well acted, well written, and it's funny. There's a lot of good humor in it. There's my wo- my one complaint. My one complaint. Can I just tell you how absolutely? F- Freaking sick I am of that freaking all I want for Christmas is you song. <laughs> We're in like what year eighty of that being like everywhere and yep. Mariah Carey just continuing to rake in the, the royalties on I can't mm-hmm. I love that song when it came out. I was like, oh hey, this is upbeat and you know, Mariah Carey, I mean Mariah Carey sings her ass off. I mean, good lord, the woman has an incredible voice, but holy cow, I can't take any more. I'd rather hear Jingle Bell Rock for the 800 billionth time than that song. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. putting that aside, Liam Neeson does a great job. I mean, everyone's good, really if, good in this. If I could throw one more thing in. Yeah, please. Because I, I you know, I, I want to make sure, um, as we talked about, all of these are love stories, but not all of them end up being like romantic love stories. Yes. And yeah. and, and, and the one in particular I want to call out is, is Laura Linney and the character that she plays. Oh there, my gosh! Is this there the one I'm thinking a, of with the with the brother? Yeah. Oh, it's oh my, that's actually more heartbreaking, I think, than than the Rickman, um, Emma Thompson. See, story. I, I wouldn't say it was heartbreaking. I I feel like it is the one that has the most heart to it because it isn't. You know, she her character. So so really, for the listeners, if you haven't seen it, her character is has been longing to date someone within her office. Um, she mm. finally gets the opportunity to do so, but she has a brother who, who suffers from mental illness and she is caring for him. And in a moment when she has some time with this coworker who she has been wanting to date, she has had to, she basically has to end the date to go be with him, uh, with her brother because he's having mm. a breakdown of some kind. Yeah. And there's a segment in the movie where you see her basically spending time with him and and essentially having I mean s- sorry with the spoilers but this is almost a 20-year-old movie. Um Yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> which is just sad to say cuz I'm like man I'm old. Um but you know to to me that story was one of the most heartwarming because it's this choice that she makes, you know, the 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 sacrifice that yeah. she has to make because she loves her brother as much as she does. And and I really appreciate the fact they put something like that in there because you know when you do a movie like this, it isn't always about the romantic love. There there's there's love for family, mm-hmm. there's love for friends, and there's things you do where you have to let things go that you would like to do for yourself because yeah. you're trying to do something greater for someone else. And, and yeah. I really, you know, again, this movie is just very unique because it just hits all the right notes across all these different stories. Um, completely re- rewatchable. Always, you know, enjoy watching it when it's on. 
um, you know, if I happen to cross it, you know, on, on the on the TV channels there, I will. That's definitely one of them. I'll, I'll just land on it for a bit and watch because it's it's just it's kind of like a happy place. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. it's it's, 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 it's a place you go to just kind of, you know, it, yes, it's comfort food. It, it's it's com- thank comfort. You. Food. It's comfort food. You are articulating like a madman. Thank you. Well, you know, every dog has their day. And apparently this is my day next week. <laughs> <oof. laughs> <laughs> We, let's not let's not guess how that's going to be, but I I I, I do agree that is it, it's heartwarming, but it is heartbreaking because you yes. just see how this you see just like the heartbreak of like this woman like she care like she obviously loves her brother and and then just to see like having to make that sacrifice oh man it's it's it was tough to watch and th- but I I actually was going to go with the one that you know uh, Bill Nye and like as the aging rock star and he's got <laughs> nobody and and he ends up instead of instead of going off to all these different posh parties and he gets like the number one song on you know for Christmas and he tells people like I this song sucks and I've, I've reworked this and I'm just I'm essentially just you know renting myself out for money and I mean he, he's he, basically trying to lose <laughs> well no he but he just he just doesn't care like he, he sees how and but he ends up going and spending Christmas Eve with his manager who's yeah. like the one person who stood beside him yes and it's yes. kind of like it's like oh wow now that's friendship you know, yes. and and then the other one being the the dude I and I don't know the actors. I think Chiwetel is the he plays the guy that Kira Knightley marries, but his best friend is like in love with Kira Knightley. Like the that's Andrew the, Lincoln. Okay, and I mean just to just to see that and like that whole story play out, it, it's not really heartbreaking. That one was actually to me a little heartwarming because I'm like, all right, well he's good. I mean. In the context of the movie, he's good. I mean, he might just go and just go on, like, you know, a rampage after that. I don't know. But in the context of the movie, he seems good. So to me, I was like, all right, that's good. But yeah, the whole the whole flick is rewatchable. And I'm somewhat uh, ashamed that I gave you a hard time before we started. As you should be. I mean, not really, because that's essentially my role in your life is of to course. get you, of you know, course. to give you a hard time and then to, you know, in- in- encourage your bad habits. Yes, indeed. By the way, how's that old forester treating you? Oh, smooth, <laughs> oaky, and wonderful. Oh, that's what I like to hear. All right. Number three for so, you, my friend. Uh, number three for me. Let me get back to the right screen. Number three for me uh, is, and I've actually got two takes on the, the, the Charles Dickens Christmas Carol story, uh, but this is the first one, and this is Scrooged, the Bill Murray vehicle uh, from, what year was this? 1988. And the funny part is, like, I love this flick. I, I loved it when I first saw it, and I, I, I was like, oh, this is so funny, and it's, uh, you know, so well done and all this. So Richard Donner was the director. So Dick Donner directed this, uh, who also directed Superman and a bunch of other uh, wonderful flicks. Bill Murray and Dick Donner did not get along whatsoever. <laughs> Apparently, uh, when when asked about uh, when asked by film critic Roger Ebert if he had any disagreements with Donner, Murray replied, "Only a few. Every single minute of the day, that could have been a really, really great movie. The script was so good. There's maybe one take in the final cut movie that is mine. We made it so fast it was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do it things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf." End quote. Damn. Yeah. But I love this. I love this flick. I love the fact that it's kind of like this like mind-bending like movie within a movie or like a, a TV show within a movie. And, you know, I think a really good cast. I mean, Bill Murray, of course. I mean, damn. Bill Murray in anything. Come on. Like, you're not going to love that. Karen Allen. 
mm-hmm. you know, being in this. I mean, of course. And then, of course, we get into Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present. It was terrific. Just the most abusive. If I remember, ghost doesn't Christmas she present. kick the tar out of him? Oh yes, she does. And then, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, what was the what was the dude? Um, crud, I can't remember the the ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, uh, so David Johansson, but that what was his uh, stage name? He was the hot, hot, hot dude. So now, like, I'm into this really refined and dignified kind of a situation. Oh, um, um, Buster Poindexter. Buster Poindexter. Like thank you. Oh my gosh, so good! And then, of course, you have a bunch of different people, like you know, uh, you know Robert Goulet, like Robert Goulet's Cajun Christmas, <laughs> like the mini commercials in it. <laughs> Do it. Oh, and then and then like they're walking down the street, and there's Miles Davis with like Paul Schaefer and a couple other dudes, like as street musicians, like mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I just I the whole the whole thing. I just love this movie, and nice. I love this telling of it. And but it, it is so eighties that it hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, but oh, it's it's lovely. It is a lovely, lovely movie. I. I can't recommend it highly enough. I I finally broke down and bought it on Blu-ray a couple of years ago, and I have not regretted that <laughs> once since. <laughs> nice, nice. I'd only get to play like once or twice a year, but damn it, when it does, oh, it's gorgeous. Yes. High def Bill Murray just going nuts. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and then, I mean, like, so he's this TV executive, and, like, he's putting on these, like, He's doing a live telling of the Chris, of a Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. you know, on a live TV on his network, and like he like they come up with like all these like cutesy commercials, and then the one that he has is like this like just fire and brimstone like scare the living crap out of you, and then they find out like you know it gave some lady a heart attack, and he's like oh it's great press, and <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. But then uh, and then of course you have. Uh, you know, Bill Murray's brother is playing like his father in the in the old uh, like Ghost of Christmas Past part, and oh man, so good, nice, so good. And nice. Karen Allen is is terrific in it. I think she she was really a lot of fun in this movie. Yep, she's an, she is actually like I've I kind of figured out like she's a bit of like the 1980s like Rosario Dawson. Like it's really hard in any role that she's in just to not be like. Ah, she's just so dreamy and wonderful, and you just fall in love with that character, and she just has that sort of you know aura about warmth. Her. Yes, and warmth. it just comes through, and you're just yeah. like, I just, I just, I just want to be like, I want to be around this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was, it was just a great flick, just a great flick. Nice. So that's my that's my next one. Nice. What do you got in the in the three spot, sir? In the three spot is Polar Express. Uh, uh, this the is Tom one. Hanks Tour de Force. What's that? The Tom Hanks tour de force. Yes, yes, it is. He does everything but the train noises. I think. I believe so. Yeah. And actually, he might have done those too. Yeah. Woo woo. Oh, that's good, Tom. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. But uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, it seems probably like an odd pick. Uh, you know, in 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 the three spot here. But for me, as as I mentioned to Uncle Todd in the pre pre production meeting, <laughs> this one. Uh, Probably if I was, you know, if we were talking 20 years ago, maybe this wouldn't even be on my list. But but as a father of two boys, when I first saw this movie, uh, I think they were, they were kind of in their, their, you know, six to eight year old kind of range at that point. Oh, and so you hadn't seen it until then? What's that? 
When, what, how, when was that movie out? I thought it came out in, I, I need to look it up, but I thought it was somewhere in the 04, 05 Let me zone. take a peek. And I didn't really watch it, I think, until like 08 or 09. Oh, wow. 2004. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I thought it was older for some reason. Yeah. That's one, honestly, and this is a polarizing movie. Um, and I, I don't mean to interrupt your, this just seems like the best part to point to bring it up, but like 2004, it's kind of hard to peg this one because it's a very odd style of yes. animation. Yes. So it's hard to tell where to place it because it's sort of that hyper real thing that never quite caught, it never, it seems really weird and it's polarizing because a lot of people are like, it's just damn creepy. I yeah, talked oh, to one yeah, person absolutely. today yeah. and yeah. like, I hate the Polar Express, it's creepy, it's weird, it's this and that and the other. I'm like, oh, uh. Yeah, I mean, it is those things, but I, I enjoy it. The, so anyways, I'm, the I'm sorry. The closest that, that I, I would come to some understanding of that is uh, the scene they do where um, the conductor starts kind of doing this song and dance and they serve the kids like hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. Because all of the servers, th- that's the moment you're watching and you're like, okay, they look like robots. <laughs> Well, it's not even, it's not the motion. It's just how they went for that, like, hyper-realistic, yeah. Yeah. like, ant, like they tried to make it almost like a video game cut scene, like yeah. that sort of thing. And I think that works, like, for a minute or two at time. But, man, for, like, an hour and a half, it starts getting weird, yeah. you know? But, yeah, yeah, that and that scene is a little, yeah, it's definitely a little mechanical. That that, that scene I'll concede, but but overall, the, the story of a young boy kind of going on this journey as he's mm. wrestling with his own doubt about Christmas and Santa Claus and so forth. I, I just thought it was um, just a, a great original story with a lot of heart to it. Um, and, you know, as a father, you know, the thing that kind of really hit me, and this is, you know, what I was telling Uncle Todd in the pre-pre-production meeting is, you know, I, I had to reach for the Kleenex toward the end because, you know, it's it's one of those stories about, you know, not losing your innocence, you know, when, mm. when it comes to, to, to Christmas, you know, maintaining that belief and, and, you know, kind of holding on to those, you know, just, just that hopefulness of youth and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, seeing my kids there when I watch it for the first time, it's like, you, you don't want your kids to lose that ever, you know? Yeah. But, but yet he, here you and I are, and we're, we're as jaded as they come. So, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding. Is- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Now maybe I am, but you, sir, we're a couple of knuckleheads. Are, but you know, well, that and that you know that kind of helps because we can be jaded, but at the same time, I think that our knuckleheadedness, our our idiocy, if you will, Thank you. helps to keep some of that innocence in. Like yes. it's, yes. we haven't we have that outer layer of crap that the world has flung at us, <laughs> but the idiocy is sort of, some sort of like like Teflon insulation. Mm-hmm. And there's a. There's still a little bit of innocence in there. You absolutely, know? absolutely. Maybe I'm giving us too much credit. Yeah, but uh, no. So, so, so that's why I have that in number three because I, I, it's, it's really become a favorite of mine. Um, I know it's more of kind of a kids sort of movie, but I, I just really love the journey. As different as the animation is, the first time I saw it, I, I just, I, I kind of got swept away in, 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 in the whole train ride to the North Pole. Mm. Um, it felt very. Um, what's the movie I'm thinking of Uh lion, witch in a wardrobe sort of thing where, where you're kind of on this, oh, yeah. this very kind of epic sort of journey uh, mm-hmm. to somewhere you've never been. And, uh, and, and just the, you know, like I said, the, the, the whole theme of this kid wrestling with his belief in what, what he's starting to feel is more childish ways of thinking. And, you know, having that kind of face to face with Santa Claus and, mm. you know, just, just, just that last line about how, 
you know, he he still as an adult hears that that bell ringing and just yes. you know th- th- that's the part that gets me is just that 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 conviction in the way Hank says that last line, mm. where you know even now I still hear the ringing of the bells. You know, it's just so it's a very emotional thing because it's 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 hard for all of us to hang on to that. You know, and yeah, and yeah. and I really liked how they were able to kind of articulate that through through this story. So that mm. th- that's why for me it's it's uh in the top 3 there cuz it's 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 a keeper. It, it is definitely a rewatchable movie and uh if you haven't seen it check it out. It's it's got a lot of heart. And I and honestly, it has a couple of, you know, very well done not I don't want to say action scenes, but scenes that are just a lot of fun to kind of watch. I mean, you have the the scene with the with the kid and the hobo or the, you know, the king of the Polar Express or whatever he taught, whatever yeah. he claims to be kind of like the the opposite of the conductor, shall we say, uh, on top of the train over the fire and all that. But then also trying to make the make it to the front of the train by the time they hit to a flat top tunnel, you right, know, because right. they, they won't be able to be on the top of the train. And then, of course, the the going down, whatever the the sheer drop is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and that whole and it turns into a roller coaster, and and then of course the whole thing where they're on the the frozen lake. Yes, yes, which yeah. is always a good time. I mean, but so many times when it's like you're watching this is like this is actually there's a lot of like stuff going on here. Yeah. But then even even something silly like following the ticket that goes out the window or something, and you know it goes through all these different places and and winds up back in the train. And it's it's totally almost like a we're showing off what we can do with this type of animation, but it's also fun. It you is. know, it is. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of fun in this movie, and 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 it is heart it is heartwarming. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I I I totally get you. Like I, when when we rewatch this every year uh, with my daughter, it's it's the same sort of thing. Like oh man, you just want to keep your kids innocent, you know. And yeah. you start realizing every year they learn a bit more. They learn a bit more about the world. Right. And man, there's so many times I just feel like I ought to be apologizing to my daughter. Like, yep, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry for this world, and I, you know, I wish I could. I I try to do as much as I can to to un mess it up. But man, we as a species just keep continuing to mess it up, and I'm really sorry that we I can't hand the world to you in a better in a better spot. Right. You know. Oh man, it's 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 hard. It is very very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, totally. I I agree, and that's one. I actually kind of wrestled around with the idea of whether or not I should include this one, and I'm glad that you did because it is a great flick. Thank you, thank you. Number two for you, sir. Uh, number two for me is uh, my favorite version of uh, of the Christmas Carol story, and I consider this. I and this will tell you a lot because I consider this one to be definitive. Uh, I will not argue about this. I believe that this is the definitive telling of this story, uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Ah, there we go. Because damn it, I mean, you you have Michael Caine and Muppets, and what more could you really want? Uh, want and to watch the world burn. Yes. So now the funny part of this is now, well, the not funny. Uh, so just a little background. This was the first Muppet movie that was produced after Jim Henson had passed away, and this was produced by his uh, his son, which his name is I believe, yeah Brian Brian Henson, and actually he he directed it. Who am I saying produced? He directed. It's his first direct uh first movie he directed and it's it's great because you have uh gonzo is narrating 
So you actually get some of the actual pros of the of the story as opposed to just, you know, kind of dialogue from the characters and stuff. You get the pro the Charles Dickens prose. So he plays the part of Charles Dickens and and his companion is Rizzo the Rat. So <laughs> you kind of it turns into like this buddy movie in a way, which is fantastic. But then you have Michael Caine as Scrooge. And I love the fact that apparently Michael Caine went to Brian Henson and said I'm playing this totally straight. I'm going to act like I am playing this with the with the shake with like the London Shakespeare company. I am not going to play this like I'm playing to Muppets. These are real people. I'm just going to completely play this straight and I'm not going to wink at the camera or anything. Like this is I am playing this like a serious like Shakespearean stage actor would. And Henson was like, "Yes. That's exactly what we're looking for." <laughs> Which is awesome because it just it does lend so much weight to that, like because it's not a jokey sort of thing. Like there's all this weird, funny stuff going on around them, and there's comedy, but it's also there's there's a lot of dark parts to this. Like to the point when at one point when they get to the Ghost of Christmas Future, like Rizzo's like, "Are you sure this is okay for kids?" Right, right. <laughs> and then at one point they're like, "I I can't take any more of this." And Gonzo's like, "Yeah, folks, we'll we'll see you at the end." And they're like, and so like. The narrator like actually bows out like this is getting too much for us. We'll see it. We'll meet you at the end. <laughs> this, oh man, it is just great. And Michael Caine does such a great job in this movie. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it, oh, just overall, just a really great telling of the story. I mean, even though the fact that they, of course, they're taking liberties. And if you get angry at them taking for taking liberties, I encourage you to number one, remove the the pole from your butt <laughs> because it's Muppets. I mean, for crying out loud, it's Muppets. Okay, so yeah, there. It's not just Jacob Marley. There's two Marleys. Fine, you know, and and all like some of the stuff that go that is has been changed. Fine, whatever. It's oh, it's just a lovely, wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, my wife hates this movie, but I force <laughs> her to watch it every year. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Just because nice. I, I'm like this is this is a Christmas Carol to me for better or worse this is who you married honey sorry oh my God he's an idiot but yeah it's and 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 the other thing is so let me see if I can find this real uh real quick like before I uh, get too far so Michael Caine of course is is fantastic in this movie so uh, apparently one of the people who is also up for the part of Ebenezer Scrooge mm-hmm. was George Carlin no kidding. And you know what? As much as I love Michael Caine in this, I would have really enjoyed seeing George Carlin play this part. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Although I don't, I don't know if he could have played it quite as well as Michael Caine. Like I think there's just something about the English accent and also just yeah. the gravitas of a of a Michael Caine in that. Right. You know, and also playing it straight. I wonder if George Carlin would have tried to wink at the camera a little bit. Although, I think George Carlin was a much better actor than maybe people would kind of give him credit for, uh, just because he was such a phenomenal stand-up comedian. But oh my gosh, that's oh that would have been. I would have. I oh, I would have loved to have seen that alternate movie in some alternate universe. That movie exists, and I just I want to be in that universe for approximately two hours just to watch that movie and come back. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a, I, a, a great movie. If you have not seen this, I highly encourage you to check this out. It's actually on the Disney Plus app. Nice. Because nice. now they, they apparently own all things Muppet. <laughs> so there you have it. If you have the Disney app, you're already paying for it. So go ahead and watch just it. Watch what do you got to lose? 
You got nothing to lose there, bub. Just yeah. go ahead and watch the friggin' thing. That's you know? right. That's right. All right. So, uh, what do you got in the uh, in the number two spot? Because it looks kind of familiar. Uh yeah. So for me, uh, it is Elf. It is Elf. And all right. So how do you? Uh, so should we both kind of talk about this one? Because uh, uh, spoiler, this is my top movie. Yes. So so let's talk about. But but let's first get get to the elephant in the room. The thing that I think most people probably know, wait, wait. but don't. The elf, elephant, or the elephant? The elephant. I'm sorry. Uh, uh-huh. What the hell was that? Bye. Once again, my friend, just give it up for Favreau, baby. Favreau, uh, bringing an original story Favreau to the screen. Uh, the more I think about it, Favreau is responsible of so much of my of my happiness outside <laughs> of like my wife and daughter in my life. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Like, I mean, yes, I love my family, and they are, like, the light of my life. But, damn, like, Iron Man, uh-huh. Iron Man 2. Uh-huh. I mean, really, the MCU in general. Yes. yes. It doesn't really get rolling unless Favreau nails Iron Man the way that he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, good Lord, Elf, Mandalorian. I mean, the man who – the man – I mean, oh, God. Almost I'm like sorry, does Uncle like, Todd need a James Brown moment here for a second? Almost the point of like you know like when Chris Rock is is asking to give Stevie a peek like he gave us my Sharia more songs in the key of life <laughs> you know like gave us the Mandalorian like a reason to keep on living in 2020 I mean come on <laughs> oh, oh this my is, gosh it's such a delightful movie this just this is such oh. this is such a rewatchable movie I I cannot even begin to espouse and the virtues of it any time of year. That's the thing. Like I, 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 yes. I, I rarely watch this outside of Christmas. I need to watch it outside of Christmas. I need to watch this movie in the middle of of summer to kind of just renew my spirit. Yes. You know. Oh, Will so Ferrell good. is a revelation in this movie as joy overflowing. You know what I mean? Like, like yes. he he plays this simpleton kind of human who 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 who. Th- you know, grew up as, as you know around elves, thinking he was one of them. Of course. Now let's let's also t- keep in mind. Yes. Now, this was back when Will Ferrell playing the the dumb man child was still kind of new and shiny before yes. it really got old. Because yes. this was this is kind of a standard thing for him. Yes. Sort of like almost like a like Adam Sandler playing like the the adult man child right. sort of thing. Right. But it's done in such a it, it rolls into like playing to his talents and then adding a few extra layers to it. Yes. Which is what really yes. is is the revelation. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I, and and I mean every time I watch it, he he is just so funny to watch. Mm. Um just just you know su- such a great, you know, story, heartwarming, not not you know, a lot of these Christmas movies, it's it's not about complexity. It's just about kind of communicating just just humanity and emotion and joy and hope and and love and that sort of thing. And and this movie just has just little elements of all of those things sprinkled throughout it. And, and, you know, Farrell is just, you know, he's funny. Um, he's, you know, playing this kind of human child, uh, and, Mm. and, and doing it in a way that's, that's just, you know, when he goes into that, that, that one restaurant where it says world's best cup of coffee and he's just ecstatic about it. I, I, I laugh every single time because he's just like, you did it. You yes. did it. Congratulations. You know, <laughs> just like, yeah. 
How can you not laugh at that on. joy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and then the callback later on when they go on the date. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a crappy cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing is, like, there's so many moments in this movie where if, if Farrell didn't play it, I mean, he's not even on 11, okay? Right, like, there's right. always that, like, oh, he took it to 11 because, of course, Spinal Tap has now made that a thing. Farrell's on 12, Mm-hmm. If he didn't play this like all the way up and then find these extra gears, because even the point when uh, so when he's in the department store and his boss, you know, or well, not really his boss, like the guy who thinks that he's his boss is like, it's a North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> but he's just playing it with this like this earnestness. Like there's no yeah. there's no like 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 with Michael Caine, like there's no wink at the camera. There's no like, hey, see, see what I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. Ha mm-hmm. There's none of that. Like, you just buy it. Like, oh my gosh! Like, I don't think this is Will Ferrell anymore. This right. is Buddy the Elf. Right. And he does that so well. Like, there's so many times where, like, in real life, that guy would get punched in the face unless <laughs> he was that earnest. Where you're like, I'm a little scared right now. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I don't. I don't know what to do with this guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, there was, uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, so, so t- totally diverge. You remember, because uh, you've read man, uh, Mankind's, man, Mankind, Mick Foley's. Yes. The original biography, right? Mm-hmm. When he talked about, or maybe actually it was a second biography. How many how many biographies has Mick Foley had at this point? Like, eight, nine? At I this think point? two. Which, you know what? Go on with your bad self. You've lived at least three lives. Uh, you've lived much longer than anyone really thought you would. So, uh, but he talked about, he, he came into his, he, he walked into his dorm room in college, because uh, if it wasn't college, that would be terribly awkward. And he walked in and his, his roommate was sitting on the floor, naked, eating brownies. Okay. And he says, I would rather face eight drunken idiots than one naked brownie eater. Because I know what to do with the drunken idiots. I don't know what to do with a naked brownie eater. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, it's so off-putting <laughs> that you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I am scared. I'm going to run. Oh, and God. that's sort of like the thing with the, like that earnestness. Like, you don't know what to do with that. It's so disarming because you're like, I'm incapable of, like, responding to this in the way I normally would. You know? I would. This person's annoying. I will, like, right. trash them or I'll punch them in the face. I'm not going to do that because... I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what to deal with someone who's like 120 percent earnest in this moment, right? You know, right. and just that pure and innocent. Oh my gosh! And I, you know, and and, and kind of a spe- uh, a little special nod to to Andy Richter and and I don't know the mm. other actor's name uh, who who Pete plays Gas. His- Pete Gas from Tenacious D. Yes, from Tenacious D. <laughs> Playing the writers, those guys were just hysterical. It's like. Oh. It's, yes. it's it's a tribe of asparagus, and they're sensitive to how their urine smells. <laughs> yeah, but I love I love how they when they first are, they they first appear in the movie and they're pitching and they're like he's like so what do you got and they're supposed to, they're like the they're the lead writers yeah like here's what we're going to do get another we're gonna writer call, <laughs> we're going to call in this other writer. <laughs> Well, and, and and then I love toward the end, like like the breakthrough they have is that writer left his book of ideas. We're gonna yes, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna grab one. Do it. So now, uh, now before we go too much further, let's can we just number one give it up for the for the frigging cast in this movie? Oh yeah. So of course Will Ferrell. I mean, right there, top of the bill. All right, fine. Then we got freaking James Sonny Corleone Con Santino. 
I know my boy. What they do to my boy? Uh, as as a kids book publisher, which I mean, that's funny right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that right there is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Then uh, then Zoe. I've pronounced her name every which way but correct, uh, DeChannel, uh, <laughs> which I have no idea if that's right. And that's even before we start getting into like the, the like the heart of the order. Mm-hmm. Bob effing Newhart, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. as your as your framing device and narrator, Ed Asner, yep, as Santa Claus, Amy Sedaris, Amy uh, Andy Richter, Kyle Gass, Peter Dinklage, mm-hmm. playing uh, like. Probably was there you for shooting a South from Pole one day. Elf. <laughs> uh, call me Elf one more time. <laughs> I get more action in a week than you get ever. <laughs> and the funny thing was, like, so I, I, so here's the fun. Uh, you know, oh my god, I've, and I, I love Peter Dinklage and his career number because he is one yeah, of those guys yeah. who who just refuses to be like, yeah, I'll play, you know, whatever short characters you have or whatever. Like he is a guy who's like, no, I'm a legit actor, and I'm going to take legit roles. And it, whether or not I am, you know, whatever my height is, I am an actor. And the dude was apparently in a punk band. Like he was the lead singer in a punk band. Which I'm like, no kidding. This guy, this guy right here is my hero. Um, but the fact that like, so we we we're uh, I was talking with my daughter. She's like, well, how do they do all? How do they make? him seems so big and this and that and the other I'm like well it's forced perspective it's movie magic it's like old school movie tricks like mm. this guy's really close to the camera and everyone else is further away and they get everything to line up yeah. and they shoot it from different angles I'm like because this this movie does have so many sight gags that are just like old school movie magic like how they used to do this stuff yeah, yeah. but then when they get to Peter Dinklage's scenes like well how'd they make him seem so small I'm like well he's actually that's that's how that's his size right <laughs> and she's like oh well how does he do this and that and I'm like well no he had, he's actually had a really distinguished acting career like he is a legit actor like he's he just doesn't play like elves and stuff like he is he does serious roles and that's I love that about him that he's just like no I'm a serious actor cast me as anything Oh man! But then to have him in this role, but then like to to have him beat up like the tallest person in the movie because yes. my daughter's even like, well, how is how is Buddy so tall with him? I'm like, well, no, Will Ferrell's just really freakishly tall. <laughs> <laughs> That's just actually him. That's there's no movie magic there. He's just freakishly tall and lanky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Peter Dinklage, phase on love as the st- as the, like the department manager of the of the store. Uh, Mary Steen. Oh my uh, gosh. Oh, and and then and then, ladies and gentlemen, we bring it all the way around, and we get back to the holiest. Well, yes, I'm actually, and you know what? I'm going to put this one at the top of the holy trinity. A Christmas story. We have Ralphie as Ming Ming the Elf, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Story. Very nice, playing that like elf supervisor at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. it all comes, it all just ties together. Oh yeah. Oh, how can you not like this movie? How not, no, actually, sorry, back that up. How can you not love this movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, is is just a, a joyful movie. Absolutely. And then and that's before you even get to the John Favreau cameo, which is actually the second John Favreau cameo in there because John Favreau voices Mister Narwhal at the beginning, <laughs> Boy, which I did buddy. not. Oh gosh. So unless so and, good. unless we not forget, you know, I I don't know who the lady was who who played this, but that nun when when Santa brings up how his father was on the naughty list and he's like, "But the children love the books." Yes. 
Oh my gosh. I die every time I hear that line. But the children love the books. Oh yes, I saw that tonight. So I was watching this movie before we recorded tonight, and I oh I just I fell in love with it all over. I actually moved it up to the top of my list oh, after watching hysterical. it tonight. Just hysterical. Oh. And then I mean, and then the fact you know the fact that like in, when the, when Santa's in Central Park, and you know yeah, yeah. And, and it's like oh it's the Central Park Rangers. <laughs> 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 like, who else is going to deliver that with that level of earnestness except for Ed Asner? Yes. Like, oh, oh yeah. He, he 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 was fantastic as Santa Claus. Yeah. And then, oh, and and you know what? I mean, damn it. At the end of this, when 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 Zoe is standing on the on the Central Park like horse cart, you know, carriage and, mm -hmm. and singing, and everyone's singing every damn time. Just just get the feels all over. It's just it's so wonderful. It's just wonderful. Yes. Oh man, yeah. such a great flick. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. Should I go I to my number how, one? Since I don't know how you didn't have this number one. I mean, honestly, I mean, well, you, you got to tell me what is your number one got that Elf don't got? It 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 was a rough call, but 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 I will explain. So so my number one is your, what your number five was: National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and mm. you know. This movie, for for me at least, you know, we 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 all kind of grew up with our own experiences, and and obviously not not all the same. But the thing that I felt this movie captured really well was because I lived this, you know, to 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 some degree. Not not the craziness, but going to my grandparents, uh, you know, who lived a couple hours away, and and going mm. there for like a week or yeah. like a week and a half. Yeah, and and spending time with them, spending time with my cousins and my uncle and aunts and uh, sorry, uncles and aunts, and you know, just just being in kind of a different world during Christmas mm. was, you know, it's weird to kind of explain, but but I just felt like they captured that 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 world so well. You know, when the in laws come, <laughs> oh, when they yes. walk through the door, is hysterical. <laughs> Yeah. The, the look on Johnny Galecki, and, and by the way, it's not Jimmy Galecki; it's Johnny Galecki. I had that wrong. Eh, close. The enough. look on Johnny Galecki's face is, as 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 his grandparents walk in, and he's just like, "Oh, great, glad you're here." Sort of yeah. look on his face, like, "Oh, sweet Moses," and and and. And and the funny part for me is they, they they show the advent calendar and it's like December sixteenth or seventeenth. There's like a week or more before Christmas. Oh yeah. Now now when you were when you were a kid, did you like did you go up for the day or were you up for a couple days? So what we would do is we would go. I'm trying to think. You know, obviously, it would depend on when Christmas vacation started, but it was usually yeah. well. The, the kids, I mean, kids now have it easy. Like kids get out of school now on like the twenty first or the twenty yeah, second, yeah, which is ridiculous to me. I'm like, we got a half day on Christmas Eve sometimes. Yeah, that was like, ooh, wow, there, we get there out was early. one or two years in there because you and I went through the same school system. There, there was one or two years in there where we did hit the jackpot and had close to two weeks off because of the way yeah. Christmas and New Year's kind of fell. Yeah, if you and, got a Christmas on like a Friday or something, it was like, oh, it was great. Yeah, and and, and I have these memories of going. So 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 my my grandparents lived in 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 Keene, New Hampshire, 
Mm-hmm. And um, we would go out there, and I remember, like, you know, some days my father and I would go to with with his brothers to um, they, they would play racquetball at the Y, you know. So I would go there with my cousin. We'd just kind of goof off while they were playing racquetball, I'd be running the track or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you just do different things with family, you know. We go over to their house, watch some movies, and hang out and just have some fun, you know. It, it was just it was such a fun time, and I just felt like this movie kind of captured that 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 feel you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like just that feel now granted it was clark Griswold in the middle of a tornado of chaos going on oh yeah but yeah, um yeah, totally but but it, it just i i just relate a lot to that movie because it just reminds me a lot of what i lived through you know um again not the craziness my family wasn't that nuts but it was just a well every family is a little crazy a little bit but 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 not to the extent in the movie <laughs> well yeah i mean geez if your family was like this you either have a, you had a cousin eddie problem we're all in trouble so uh but but no crapper's full yeah (laughs) crapper's full um but again it's a family show i i i just love the uh you know that movie for me is you know kind of right up there with elf i mean elf and and this movie are kind of like you know almost tied for number one because Mm. i i could sit and watch those movies over and over again and just and just laugh at everything you know it's just it's such a fun movie to watch it's a you know it's it's like you said earlier it's like comfort food you know you watch it it's just fun it reminds you of a time when you grew up you know and Mm. and the world was a certain way and and you know you 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 just kind of love that that joy and and and, you know in in some ways like polar express you know clark griswold is trying to you know kind of cling on to that innocence of christmas in his own way you know and yes and, and you know trying to put on that that christmas like his like his father and and his mother put on for him and and i i, I just i just find that funny and there's just all you know all the gags in it um mm. you know and stuff are, are just just hysterical and 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 you know the, the the whole crux of the movie is him just trying to get to christmas and yes. <laughs> to survive to survive the christmas and it was just now, such a well done movie now keep in mind so this was uh actually let me just do a double check on this date so was this 89 do you, know, do you yes do you know who the writer of this movie was uh chris columbus nope john hughes john hughes was chris so columbus john- originally and then he he left uh, I don't know. I think I, it I was Chris Columbus, and he left because he could no, not no. get along with Chevy Chase. No, no. So director, uh, well, it might have been. So the director of Home Alone was Chris Columbus, correct? Which was also written by John Hughes, which was 1990. I mean, okay, back to back, 89 to 90. You you wrote Christmas Vacation and Home Alone. That's a mic drop. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean. That's that, and that's just taking out all the other stuff that John Hughes has done, and that's a lot. But oh my, yeah. So I'll have to look back into the. Uh, I mean, and and granted, back in the day, you would be like, oh, who couldn't who couldn't get along with Chevy Chase? And now we've all lived in a world where we realize, like, oh, everybody can't get along with Chevy <laughs> Chase because <laughs> Chevy Chase is pretty much just a dink. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but yeah, I and the thing is, like, I get exactly what you're saying, like. When when we would do a so we didn't travel very far when I was growing up. My dad's uh, sister lived uh, maybe twenty thirty minutes uh, across the border from New Hampshire to Maine, and we would go uh, over to their place. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it would it, it kind of would 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 rotate. So whoever had Thanksgiving, we would go to the other person's house for uh, Christmas, and then it would kind of reverse each year. Yeah, at least it seemed like it. 
And so you'd get to hang out with cousins and stuff, and then there'd be friends and whoever would show up and all that fun stuff. And it would get it would get weird, <laughs> as it always would. And then we'd finally go home and all that. And then the funny thing for me was though, about a week after Christmas was when my uh, when my mother's sister and her family would come from Connecticut to stay with us for two three days. Yeah. So I would get two Christmases. Oh, nice. With without having a divorce involved, which is re- really kind of remarkable when you come down to it. <laughs> but it was always great because it was an because ex- we always had the artificial uh, Christmas tree, which was the pipe cleaner tree because it was not not like the fancy like artificial Christmas trees that you get now where they kind of look realistic. This was right. so obviously fake. I mean, it might as well have still had the price tag hanging on it. It yeah. was just. It was wretched. And uh, you might as well have just left it in the box and then decorated the box. And uh, so we would, but we would keep the Christmas tree up until like after New Year's, until whenever my aunt and, and uncle would show up and we'd have our Christmas together. And that was always kind of cool for me. It was sort of like an extension of Christmas, you know? And then, of course, it would always be, it would just be. You know, it'll be gloriously weird because there's these people you only see but once, once or twice a year, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, you you do those things, huh? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and it does. It captures that so well, and then just the absurdity of like, you know, Clark trying to light the Christmas lights and everything else. And, <laughs> and then, of course, I mean, and then you, that's even uh, you get into a oh what oh, oh my gosh, what is her name? So you got, of course, you have, you know, you've got Juliette Lewis, you've got, you know, Randy Quaid back before he lost his mind. And then, uh, oh my gosh, who is the yuppie couple that live next door? Why can I not remember? Oh, Julia um, Louis Dreyfus. I forget the actor's yes. name. Yes. Um, uh, no, Nicholas Guest. Yes. Yeah. As Todd, Todd and Margot. And Brian Doyle Murray even has a part in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because apparently, like Chevy couldn't get along with Bill Murray, but he could get along with Brian Murray. So whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever a, a Murray by sure, any other name. Why not? Yeah, I mean, hey. But again, anybody who could get along with Chevy Chase for more than a half hour has it goes up a tick in my book. Like, wow, you almost borderline sainthood at that point. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it, a well-deserving choice for your top top flick. Thank you. I, I don't. I I would still I would still argue that Elf would be if I had to pick between those two I would still give Elf the nod but I can't really argue with it being in the first place as well so good pick sir uh, do you have any honorable mentions here I have one uh, probably could be more if I had thought a little bit more about it but but one that that is definitely a one that that, that we watch yearly in in our household is uh, an oldie but a goodie. White Christmas with mm. Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of her name, um, Rosemary Clooney. Um, Bing did, was drunk. What's that? <laughs> and Bing was drunk the entire time. No, Bing was sober. Uh, snow, okay, whatever you need to Snow, snow. Anyways. Whatever you need to tell yourself, sir. Well, I, you know, I. I for 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 me, it's 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 a fun. You know, it's just kind of one of those fun movies to to kind of go back to that era. You know, of of uh, you know from from where our grandparents kind of came from, and you know, just kind of uh, you know, like like that movie and like It's a Wonderful Life. You know, th- those kind of movies kind kind of bring you back to a time that 
you know, you've heard about from family members, but you've never lived it, you know, and, mm. and, and, and you kind of just experience it through, through the movie. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, I just enjoyed, you know, this, this story and you know, it's, it's a long movie, but <laughs> it's a good one. Good story to it. Danny Kaye's, you know, just great as, as, as the comedy, you know, to, uh, to Bing's kind of uh, straight man there. But, um, but no, it's, 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 it's a heartwarming tale and, a fun, a fun Christmas movie. So, uh, yeah, if, you, if you've never seen White Christmas, definitely check it out. Nice. Uh, as far as me, I, I have the uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This is, this is the original OG, 1966. Very nice. Uh, telling of the tale. and You're and a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. Oh, I, and I, will, I can't get down I, that low. <laughs> yeah, no, not very many people can, sir. No, don't <laughs> feel any shame in that one. You you need to like get some surgical alteration in order to like you need like a you need no like kidding. a second you need like a second stomach in order to really get the resonance I feel. Um, but uh so uh, now I'll, I'll be right up front with this. I am not a fan of Jim Carrey's Grinch. Mm. I actually enjoy the uh, the 2018, I think it was, CGI animated version that was, uh, I believe it was directed by uh, Scott Mosier, who is uh, uh, Kevin Smith's longtime production partner with a lot of his View Askew movies and stuff like that. I, I prefer that one to the Jim Carrey movie. I But of course, the original with Boris Karloff narrating, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Yeah. Just a lovely flick mm -hmm. and uh and and not you know it's only 26 minutes so i mean you know bing bang boom you're in you're out yeah so it kind of tells a story and, and gets out of it mm -hmm. now the other movie here i'm not going to give the title away however uh and you might give me some some crap for this before you actually hear the movie uh but let me just read you kind of a brief synopsis a woman with a job that consumes her life journeys to a small isolated town there she meets a rustic but caring single guy and a young girl looking for a mother figure by the end of the movie they formed a new family unit now you might think i've just described 73 percent of every hallmark movie hallmark christmas movie you've ever seen I've actually just described the plot from Aliens. Oh, sweet Moses. <laughs> and damn it, I'm claiming it right now. Will you stop? Aliens is now a Christmas movie. I decree it. Oh, good Lord. Uncle, Uncle then, Todd has lost it. Game over, man. It's game over. Oh, you know what? Enough new riff rye and everything sounds good. Um, but then the other one <laughs> after that, the other honorable mention that I forgot to put on my outline is Lethal Weapon. Because you know what? It takes place uh, during Christmas. I mean, the introduction of Riggs is in a Christmas tree. Is him making a cocaine buy in a Christmas tree lot. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and actually, one of the, one Riggs, of the guys that he's- I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> And and actually going back to Elf, I love the fact that when they're when they're cruising through Central Park and they're just about to go up over the statues, like I'm getting too old for this job. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, oh, now I want to see Danny Glover as, as Santa Claus mm -hmm. instead of Ed Asner. Mm -hmm. Like, take me to that alternate universe. But yes, so Aliens is now a Christmas movie, and uh, Lethal Weapon. One of the guys that was being uh, that one of the actors who uh, Mel Gibson was buying coke from in that Christmas tree lot, Anthony Kiedis's dad. Oh, there you go. You know, the problem was he just wasn't going to give it away, give it away, give it away now. That, you know, hey! Hey that's the most horrible joke we've ever made on this show. And that's saying a lot. I'll back you, my friend. I'll back you. 
All right, thank you. So now we're gonna we're gonna kind of do a, we're gonna try and do a little lightning round on the top five Christmas songs because well we put in all of the effort to figure them out, so why not? Sure. And hey, it's Christmas. It's COVID. What else are you gonna do but listen to us? So why don't you give us a quick rundown on your top five Christmas songs? Sure. So um, you know, much of my top five is is somewhat. You know, just inspired from from uh, life experience, memories with family, that 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 kind of thing. So, so not necessarily songs that maybe I would pick. You know, from my own kind of personal taste, but songs I pick because of just you know memories, reminders, and that sort of thing. So, my number five, uh, su- su- probably surprising to hear this, is "Sleigh Ride" by Johnny Mathis. Mm. But but the reason behind this is um, J- Johnny Mathis was was a, an artist that my uh, my paternal grandparents listened to, got exposed to to his music through kind of, you know, when we would go to visit them um, in Keene, uh, you know, would would kind of get exposed to their musical tastes uh, as mm-hmm. we would celebrate Christmas. And I just remember my grandmother being very, uh, you know, very much into Johnny Mathis, Andy Williams, a lot of those sorts of singers and mm-hmm. this one just kind of carries that memory for me. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, re- when I think of Johnny Mathis and I hear that song, I just remember being at my grandparents' house for Christmas. So, number five is Sleigh Ride. It's, it's, it's a uh, classic. Um, got to mm-hmm. hear it last year. Uh, I mean, it's, it seems like a world away, but uh, kind of our Christmas gift to my parents last year was going to the Boston Pops and watching them live. Uh, oh, per, per, nice. Perform for you know their 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 Christmas. Uh, concert and and that was, was that one symphony that they did. was that symphony hall that was a symphony hall yeah oh such a gorgeous venue down in oh beantown baby down in beantown oh before the covid but uh, uh. but it, it was such an amazing performance uh and and such a classic song so so sleigh ride by johnny mathis uh number four uh the 12 days of christmas by john denver and the muppets baby bringing it all back around baby oh absolutely gotta have me some muppets somewhere in there so uh yeah definitely a a fun version uh you got animal in there and the whole gang and and i i just this is always just a fun fun one to listen to for me you know there's a lot of variants of 12 days of christmas but uh Mm. for me as a kid the muppets have, have always been kind of that 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 warm spot you know for for me so i i just love hearing that song uh, number three, Santa Claus is coming to town. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, baby. Yeah. Oh, oh man, Bruce, the boss at his best, just just with a full intro. Oh yeah. Is, oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, like Clarence, you've been practicing real hard. Mm-hmm. Santa gonna bring you a new saxophone. I mean, it's just it's just raw boss right there, baby. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. and I love hearing that every single time it comes on. So, gotta give me. Uh, you know, got to get me some Bruce Springsteen on 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 the holidays with 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 that one. So so that's my now, number now, three. Two quick little addendums to that. Now, number one sure. uh, is is if you're going to check out, uh, if I had to, because that would have been one of mine. Like that is to me like the def- one of the definitive versions of Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. Second, if I had to choose a second to that, is the Ray Charles version of Santa Claus coming to town. If only because at the end, Ray Charles starts going. Ray starts do- doing what Ray does, which is just starts talking at you, and he's like, "I, you know, you better be good. I'm talking. I'm talking about showing sure up good. You know, I'm like." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what show enough good is, but damn it, I'm gonna try. Okay, Ray, oh, I'm, I'm gonna do what I can. But uh, but uh, the intro to that is it always reminds me a little bit of the um, 
the Tom Petty song where he's like this uh, was it time this time of Christmas or this time of year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But at the end when it's just like kind of the jingle bells are going out, he's like, I want me a Roy Orbison songbook, ricking back a guitar. And it's something about that that the the boss's intro and Tom Petty's outro is always just like <sighs> I, I don't know what it is. It just warms right. my heart. I right. love those. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good pick. Good pick, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, number two for me, uh, and, and again, this is somewhat inspired by by family memories. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Uh, mm. th- this again is is one that just reminds me of the the drives to and from our home to my grandparents. Uh, you know, just being at my grandparents and and hearing that that on uh you know on the radio or, or on the on on the record player uh for those who mm. are even aware of what that is on the hi-fi on the hi-fi baby yeah just 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 a classic uh you know and again one of those songs that every time i hear it it just it just takes me back to to that that part of my life so i just uh you know just just really enjoy that one and then finally, mm. the number one pick, this one is timeless. This is from the time of, of me being a child all the way through now to being an adult with, with my mm. wife and children is, is Christmas time is here. We talked about Vince Guaraldi and, and Charlie Brown Christmas and, and the music that came out of that show. And that is, for me, the quintessential Christmas song. When that comes on, I am I am just thrust into the moment. You know, I, mm. I, I, it's, it's just... I cannot help but just think about past Christmases and and looking forward to the upcoming Christmas, you know, time with my family and and it just gets you in the mood. If there's ever a song that just paints the mood for Christmas, that one just does it. And and for me, uh, that 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 is my number one, my friend. So Christmas time is here. Yeah, and I was I was trying to do a quick look up on who the other players were on that because, oh my gosh, such a great. Such a great ensemble playing on that. Oh yeah, so good. So much, so, so much good music out of that one show. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was like 1966. So you know, mm. a lot of that was recorded live, and just I mean, if you if man, if you haven't tried to record something live and get it right with like three, four, five people in one take, man, you haven't experienced frustration or elation. Because it's amazing when it happens, and it's so frustrating when one person makes like the most minute mistake, but it impacts everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, oh, those guys were just such pros, and just so oh, it's butter, mm-hmm. absolute butter. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a great pick. How great about you, pick, sir? sir? Well, mine is going in a very different direction. Um, I actually had to weed through some of my, uh, some of the like the favorite ones that I had because there were a lot of gags. Like there was definitely uh, so, uh, and I'll get to a couple honorable mentions later. But uh, so number five, I love this song because I love the artist uh, who who sings it and plays it. I've always been a great fan of this artist uh, instrumentally, but also vocally. Uh, although it's not necessarily a person that you would normally think of for beautiful vocals, but this is a song by the great Satchmo, oh, Louis yeah. Armstrong. Is that you, Santa Claus? <laughs> oh, so great! It's all about like you know this dude like sitting in his apartment and like there's a knock on the door and he's he doesn't know is if it's Santa Claus or if it's someone bad at the door and I'm like oh it's so great I love it I force my family to listen to it every year and they're just like again like we're related to you seriously 
And my wife is like, I even chose this. My my daughter's like, <laughs> crap, I got I got born into this. I don't know. I, I had no choice. Uh, but then after that, number four uh, is uh, uh, kind of getting more into my blues roots. Uh, this is a great song. Uh, number one, before I even get to the, the title of the song, kids, Come a little closer for just, just again, just for a second. I, I know we only usually do like Uncle Todd's corner, like like once once in a show. But if you have a few extra dollars in your pocket, you know you got a, a little extra time on your hands. You could do with a little more Albert King in your life. Albert King is is one of the greatest blues guitar players ever. He was known as the Velvet Bulldozer because he didn't he wasn't one of those blues guys like most blues singers. They kind of they kind of they kind of yell at you a little bit. They holler at you a little bit. They get a little of that gravel in their voice. Man, Albert was smooth. And that was because he was like six and a half feet tall, and he didn't have to shout at you because, you know, <laughs> he's just an intimidating person in general. Like, he don't have to holler at you. You mm. heard that once. That's enough. Mm. Um, but Albert King, if it, just before we even get to the song, if you have time on your hands, go and do a deep dive on Albert King. Nice. You will not be Sorry. Nice. But great Christmas tune by him is called Santa Claus Wants Some Lovin'. Oh, so good. So good. Just featuring his vocals and great guitar playing. Great. Just listen to it. You'll have to listen mm. to it. Uh, I might even link it in the show notes because it's that worthy. Mm. Uh, number three. Uh, I've I, Somehow I feel like my, ver- my list is a lot dirtier than yours, but I don't care. This one's called Backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter. And, and, you know, the reason that you should listen to this is because this is the basis for Christmas in Harlem by Run DMC. That that is from Backdoor Santa. And and it is it's a little it's a little rough. I'm not going to get into the details here. Well, thank you for the disclaimer. <laughs> but good lord, it's a fun song. Oh it's boy, like, it's like two and a half, three minutes long. You wish it was like twelve because it's such a great <laughs> groove. It's and it's been covered by any number of people. But go back to the original. Go back to Clarence Carter because I mean, the, just a, a great like fundamental R and B, just a great R and B tune that was like it, you could picture it coming out in forty five back in the day. Nice. Um, nice. Number two for me is the Little Drummer Boy by Ray Charles. Ray Charles, the spirit of Christmas. Christmas is probably to me one of the greatest Christmas albums of all time just front to back it is so listenable and great and it, it is great Christmas music and also sp- with a great spin by the artist and when Ray Charles sang a song damn it Ray sang it as Ray and um, the little drummer boy is great because it's funky and yet but it also is very um I don't want to say sentimental, but it's very emotional, and he manages to get all that across. But uh, his version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town is great. Uh, his uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, a Spirit of Christmas, uh, the title track of that song. And nice. unfortunately, a lot of Ray's catalog is out of print. Like, you can't find a lot of his stuff out there, which is hmm. enormously frustrating. Uh, and confusing too, because Ray owned a lot of his masters. Once he got big, he he became like his own publisher. And why that stuff isn't available, I don't know. Uh, but Little Drummer Boy, I kind of picked that one because that's probably one of my favorites uh, of his. Nice. And then uh, in my top spot, by far, Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues and Christy McCall. Uh, it's not often that you have a Christmas song that starts off with these lyrics. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. 
No, can't think of a lot of carols that start that way. <laughs> nope. Nope. There's a lot that end that way. <laughs> but oh my nice. gosh, it's it is uh, it's great. And and the fact that, you know, uh, the Pogues, uh, just, uh, I've always been a big fan of Irish music, uh, as we've discussed by how many times Tim has had to had to come and pick me up from the Irish bar, and uh, it's a great tune, and it is, in a weird way, very kind of sentimental and emotional. Yeah. Uh, and I just I just love this song. It's just great. Nice. Um, so a couple of honorable mentions for me, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to your honorable mentions, but uh, Silent Night by The Temptations, mm. which to me is the definitive version of Silent Night. It is beautiful. Uh, Run Run Rudolph by... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of actually forgot one of my other honorable mentions that I was going to mention. But, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Which, ladies and gentlemen, I am not ashamed to admit. I am actually proud to admit. I own on 45. Wow. Kids, if you don't know what that was, that that was like how you used to buy singles back in the day. Mm-hmm. You bought them on 45 vinyl. I've got that on 45, baby. Wow. Like, I used to listen to that old school. I have no idea what's on the other side of it. It might just be old. Grandma got run <laughs> over by a reindeer on the other side, too. I am not sure. But, oh, my gosh, she been drinking too much eggnog, and we begged her not to go. I mean, I could I could sing the whole damn thing for you right now. Oh, I mean, it's, it is great. Oh, it is great. Funny. All right, so what do you got for honorable mentions in the in the Christmas song category, sir? Yeah, so for me, uh, in, in no particular order, I, I think I'll, I'll get into a story on one of these uh, so as to not prolong, but uh carol the bells by trans-siberian orchestra mm. I, I don't know if you've, you've heard that but uh oh who hasn't at this point it's it's, it's awesome it is a a great modern take i i, I love the guitar i love the, just just the sound of it it's it is very energetic very uh forceful and and i i, I really like this version of carol the bells you know again from from uh, charlie brown christmas linus and lucy uh, mm. that, that that is another classic uh, by Vince Guaraldi. Actually, before I forget, make sure that you for, uh, you check out the. I want to say it's the. Is it Winton and Branford Marsalis, or is it the Marsalis family? But they're. Oh yes, yes. They're like Peanuts album. I can't remember what it's called, but oh my gosh, it's so stinking good. Yeah, I I think I listened to. Yeah, I think I listened to Winton Marsalis's version of it, and I really yeah I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll I'll link it in the show notes. But it, oh, it's great! It's a great album. Nice. Anyway, nice. continue on, sir. Not to, not to dis- no, interrupt no, no. you. Uh, and then uh, another, uh, you know, another kind of nod to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, Millie Kalikimaka by Bing Crosby. Uh, Way to go on the pronunciation. Thank sir. you. I I didn't know if I was going to make it through it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's right. I mean, I'm the one who can't pronounce Zoe. What's her face? Dishonette. <laughs> Deshan, is that really how it's pronounced? Yes. Okay. Deshan. Again, I have not pronounced it right ever. That's all right. We will not hold it against you. Oh, there's plenty of other things too. Uh, But and and then uh, the the little drummer boy, "Peace on Earth" by Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Mm. Just this kind of bringing together of two very different musical periods, uh, but done in a very very. just beautiful way. I, I think it's a yeah. great song, and and it's it's always a pleasure to listen to it and, and enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that spirit from from that song. You know, it isn't Christmas unless you got the king, and and you got to have a little blue Christmas with Elvis, baby. Oh, so 
and I will, you know what? I will link this because, damn it, I can't. Um, did a <laughs> did a cover of this with my band because a he years produces ago. the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> Uh, but did a cover of this a couple of years ago, and and did it in a in a Bo Diddley style, and then went right into Who Do You Love. Oh, and nice! It it worked surprisingly. Like it was one of those things where I suggested it, and it actually worked. And I'm like, holy crap! You mean I wasn't being completely <laughs> stupid on that? Sweet. <laughs> Sometimes I'm shocked that my idiocy will work in my favor. Well, but yeah, great great pick there. Thank you. And then uh, you know, I, I sorry, I have a lot of honorable mentions. A lot of good music though for Christmas, so it's it, it's hard to narrow oh, totally. it down to just five. But this last one is just kind of a fun one. Uh, it's it's something that that the family has kind of enjoyed as we've taken long car rides from Illinois to New Hampshire to uh, visit the family and and would hear it on the Christmas Channel. But uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass playing oh, my favorite things. Uh, you know, a, a sound of music. Special. This one just has a, you know, just a great trumpet brass sort of sound to it. But we kind of affectionately call this the the 007 version of my favorite things because there's this, there's this part in the middle that sounds like something out of a 007 movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's just always kind of a point of just just you know kind of comedy for us to hear the song. It's like oh, Dad, Herb Alpert's on. It's like us, oh, turn it up. <laughs> So I had to call that one out because that's that's just that's a family favorite. So we 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 enjoy that, and uh, you know, hey, it's a sixteen-hour car ride. So what whatever can make it feel less than that is always welcome. Yeah, it's either that or you know, listening to Chris Rock, bigger and blacker, at approximately six or seven times. Uh, not sure we can pull that off with the kiddos, but yes. No, they're not quite at that level yet, and I understand. Just a, <laughs> that's it. So that, that that closes out the honorable mention section for me. All right, now, so I had I had an entire grand plan here of I was going to do this kind of fantasy booking sort of deal, and I was going to come up with a whole bunch of, oh, I'd love to see these movies. And, you know, I decided a nap was a better idea today, and quite honestly, I don't regret it at all. However... I, I was sharing with, with Tim before we started that I believe any band that has been together at least 10 years should be legally required, legally required to put out a Christmas album. Because, I mean, damn it, Neil Diamond put out a Christmas album, and I'm pretty sure Neil Diamond's Jewish, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. I think so. so. I, I mean, why not? Anybody could put out a Christmas album. So you should have to, because quite honestly, we need some weird crap. Because we're still hearing the friggin' Mariah Carey song every stinking year. So why not get some other stuff in that, hey, you never know, something might catch on. So my question to you is, would you be able to give me three bands that you would be like, either because it's so weird, disturbing, or it would be really fun to get a Christmas album from that you are not aware of, uh, that they haven't done a Christmas album that you're aware of? Uh, I will go with these three, and this is completely off the cuff. Uh, mm -hmm. th this was not part of the pre-pre-production meeting. Of course, I will lead off with, and, and you would expect nothing less from me, Rush. I actually, that was going to be one of mine. Because I have that would be so insane. I, <laughs> I, I mean... It'll never happen at this point because of the you know the, well, yeah. the, the the surviving members of the band, but but Rush would be one, Zeppelin would be two, mm. because let me tell you, you got to put some horsepower like they have behind a Christmas song, and you've got something, my friend. 
I want to hear Jingle Bells done like immigrant song. Just, 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 just take a Christmas song you enjoy and just and bluesify it. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I'm I'm with you. And so then led. And that then point? here yep. here's the wild card. Yep. Just because I and and you know this will lead into my and another thing, Jack White baby, give me a little Jack White with Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if we're ready for that. <laughs> I'm a little scared by that one. <laughs> I'm a little I, frightened of what Mr. White ha- might. Have I don't know. The last sleep. month or so, I've I, I've been on a big Jack White kick. So I I'm I'm just thinking, you know, why not? You know, let, let's take Christmas, mm. mix it with Jack White, and see what we get out of it. Uh, true, I, I I can't argue with that. <laughs> How about you, my friend? Well, I first of all, I want to start off with a couple shout outs for. Because there's a couple that I would, I would recommend, but I know that they actually put out Christmas albums. So if you if you haven't heard of the fact that James Brown did a Christmas album, get yourself to iTunes or Spotify and listen to James Brown Christmas album because Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto is a damn fine song. Or Go Time, uh, uh, what was a Christmas? Uh, Go Time at Christmas is a damn fine song. It's all worthwhile. Uh, Bootsy Collins, ladies and gentlemen who was once described as the funkiest person in Parliament, which is a distinction that should not be taken lightly, has a Christmas album. Uh, So go and check that out. And, uh, yeah, so my top three, because I, again, because I believe that everybody should, there's a long list. My top three... And this is one I'm... Okay, so I'll, I'll give this one the nod because it's the sentimental pick. I would love to hear a Tower of Power Christmas album. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, I bet you would. Oh, come on now. That would be so awesome. The one that I would want to hear because it would be so bizarre and probably disturbing, I want to hear the Primus Christmas album. Because <laughs> I, I will grant I you that. He- that that, that would be different. I want to hear Les Claypool's thoughts on Christmas. I'm, I'm kind of curious. And I and I might be you know a little a little a little sorry that I asked for those afterwards. Um, after that, oh, it's so hard because again, there's so many, um, so many. But you know what? I'm gonna reach back and, and another and one to go along with a couple of yours that are impossible. I would love uh, a traveling Wilburys Christmas album. Oh, that would be interesting. I mean, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. George Harrison, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I want to hear what they do to some Christmas tunes. I mean, we got a little Tom Petty. I don't that. know. If, oh come on, that'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be that would become a that would have been a Christmas favorite. You know, I mean, as if as if Traveling Wilburys Volume One wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I th- if I if I'm not remembering uh, incorrectly, they went from Volume One straight to Volume Three. <laughs> Just skip two altogether. Because why not? Who needs two and when you have three? I, I I like to think that Volume Two was the Christmas album, and I like to imagine it um, because that's my life. So, anyways, nice. uh, that's nice. what we got. So, and 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 uh, you know, thank you for indulging me in my little folly there. Mm-hmm. And another thing. So, uh, what do you got for and another thing this week? Uh, this past week, um, I, I don't know if I, I texted it to you. Or, uh, I think probably about midweek. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but I had stumbled. Oh, your bourbon collection? What's that? 
your bourbon. Oh no, you something to listen to. I thought you meant your bourbon collection. Well, so. I, I did text that to you uh, just to you know say hey, check out what I got. But uh, I I stumbled upon on YouTube, uh, and, mm. and you know again this is the glory that is YouTube is when you stumble yes. upon such things. Uh, is Jack White's kind of side band that he does called the Raconteurs. Mm, uh, doing such a great name. What's that? Such a great name. Oh, I know. I, I love that name. And and I say it that way because there's a couple times they appeared on like a British show, and that's how the announcer brought him in. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Raconteurs. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, I love well, it. Give it a little, put a little French spin on it. Go right ahead. Absolutely. Uh, the Raconteurs doing what is called the full set from the basement. Uh, from the basement is a apparently a video series that was done with a bunch of different bands like the White Stripes, Radiohead, uh, Beck, uh, Sonic mm. Youth, PJ Harvey, and, and many others. Just basically, uh, you know, kind of showcasing these bands in a recording studio, recording, uh, you know, a few songs live. Um, seeing the warts and seeing kind of the process that they go through. Uh, I can't Ooh. say the Raconteurs really had a whole lot in, in terms of warts. Um, they, they played three songs and played them pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was called, the uh, first is The Consolers of the Lonely. Uh, second one is Carolina Drama. And the third one is Rich Kid Blues. Uh, I just happened upon this, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday. I watched it in, in its entirety. Carolina Drama, I... Just I, you know, I don't look for reasons to be in awe of Jack White, but I continue to be in awe of Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> I just stumble across him. I'm just like, you, you watch him. He is bone dry at the beginning of that song. By the end of that song, he is a sopping sweaty mess. You know, singing mm. his heart out and just, you know, just a very bluesy song, very raw song, and just you know, given a hundred and twenty percent as he's performing. Um, yeah, and 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 as as is the rest of the band. I, I don't mean to single him out, but th- there's a lot of focus on him. Obviously, uh, this was recorded in 2008, uh, so it's about 12 years old. But my gosh, they were just playing with uh, pure pure energy and fuel on on this one. And uh, mm. all three songs are fantastic. Um, but 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 Jack White just uh, you know just the energy there. He he is he is a unique individual and and brings a you know just just brings the intensity the energy, and and uh, and, and a full a fullness of spirit when when he performs um, and and again these guys are in a recording studio and he's doing what he would normally do on stage you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so it, th- this this was just uh, twenty minutes of just uh, pure musical bliss so if you have a chance look up the Raccoon Tours full set from the basement. Uh, it, it is, uh, it, you know, it is to be enjoyed. It is uh, just just a, a microcosm of what these five individuals can put forth, and uh, and and definitely check out the Raccoon Tours in general. They they're a great band, a um, lot of good music, and uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, and if I if I might second that, there's a lot of things that you know people might not fall in love with Jack White about because to me he's almost like this this century's Michael Stipe, where yes. he's he's a little bit pretentious. There's 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 a bit of an air of I am just this much cooler than you are, you know. But man, you cannot deny just how committed he is to the music and how knowledgeable about music he is and and how much he puts of himself into what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's tough not to admire that. And and I don't know if part of it was cuz they were being filmed or not, but but like I said, I mean, his mannerisms when they were 
you know, they, they look like they were doing a recording session. Yeah. So I don't know how much of it was staged or what, but he was playing those songs like he would have played them on stage. Yeah. Well, there's and the mannerisms, and the the body mechanics. I mean, everything. He wasn't just standing there playing a song like like that Carolina drama song. You can tell he is putting his soul into that song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that's and that's the way you have to do it. And that's the thing. Like, if you're gonna, it's a musician thing. Like, how how are you gonna play it on stage? That's how you got to practice it. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna go all out. You know, I mean, of course, there's the whole, you know, you woodshed it and you, you get your, right. you get all the changes down, you get your things down, you get that. But after a while, when you practice, you got to practice it how you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just like half ass it and expect to go out there and then all of a sudden flip a switch. Like, right. And, and when you're recording something, I mean, man, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I, I am ridiculously blessed for the person who has been, you know, to, to kind of paraphrase Mick Foley. I've been blessed with a thimble full of musical talent and I've been blessed to be able to actually be in a in a professional recording studio mm -hmm. and record an album with someone who, you know, uh, with a producer and an engineer who is just amazing. And, and you have to put yourself out there you have to right. give everything because right. otherwise i mean what's the point right and for all of the things that you might want to nitpick about jack white he is a guy who to me is like lack of commitment is not one of those nits you're gonna pick like this dude is committed mm -hmm. <laughs> to to the music that he's playing and what he's doing like you might be like oh he's too over the top or he's this and that and the other's like yeah but it ain't for lack of commitment no no it, it it might be a little too much commitment that's getting on your nerves, but I mean he is he's in on this a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yep. yeah, in much the same way as as Will Ferrell committed to Buddy the Elf, <laughs> Jack White is committed <laughs> to Jack White just to bring it all. Oh, well done, back sir. Around. Well done. And how yeah. about yours? What is your and another thing? So this one comes courtesy of a friend of Free Range ADC, Jason Ward, a Barry Sax player from Rustic Overtones, who. May I just pause for a moment? If you have not ever heard of Rustic Overtones, the 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 band from Maine, what the hell is wrong with you? First of all, and and go and find yourself a streaming service and and just download all of this stuff. Better yet, you know what? Go and buy all of their stuff and get a few dollars into their pockets. But uh, Jason Ward was the Barry Sax player from that band, and he's also been on the the podcast a couple times. <laughs> Oddly enough, talking about everything but music. <laughs> We are we are so on the pulse of the nation that we're like, yeah, let's bring this great musician on. He's a music teacher for crying out loud. And we had him talking about football because, you know, well, we're idiots. And so um, but this one comes courtesy of him. And this is Fishbone uh, covering Them Bones by Allison Chains. And his remark was, this is now the version of this. This is now the definitive version of this song. And damn it, if I can't disagree with him. I mean, holy crap. Nice. F Fishbone number one is a band that I, I don't know how to describe these guys. They are just one of the most kick-ass bands ever. Um, I discovered this band in college and have just ever since been kind of in awe of them because they kind of wander in and out of my musical gaze, you know, like uh, they'll, they'll kind of disappear for a few years and then all of a sudden they come back and like, oh my gosh, this band is amazing. How did I forget about them? How have I not been listening to them? And then I'll listen to them really hard for a while and then I'm like, ah, and they just kind of fade. But oh my gosh, such a great band. And 
Alice in Chains is no joke, man. I mean, you want to cover anything by that band? Because what was the uh, what was the lead singer? Uh, was it Lane Stanley? Uh, yeah, yeah. That dude's voice is one of those voices, sort of like um. Oh, I'm completely blanking out the singer from Soundgarden. Oh, jeez, I'm. <sighs> what the heck? Yeah. Can you can you look that up for me? While I will I'm look expounding? it up. Keep going. But but the, Lane Stanley, one of those guys, much like Steve Ray Vaughan, as far as guitar players, like someone that people are going to be just like breaking fingers and shredding vocal cords trying to emulate for generations. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, another guy who like. If you want to try and sing that song, that's like that's like the '90s version of Freddie Mercury. You want to try and duplicate that? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. You ain't gonna come close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Fishbone manages to do it, and to do it in a way that is uniquely Fishbone. And oh my gosh, it it's it's it was something that was recorded not that long ago, but would sit very well within like. Um, so there was a, uh, a couple albums they had. So in 1993, there was an album they had called uh, Give a Monkey a Brain and He'll Swear He's the Center of the Universe. And then there's another uh, album from 1991, The Reality of My Surroundings. Either of those albums, those so- this song would sit very comfortably within either of those playlists. Mm. And it really features, as far as I can tell, because um, I believe... The, the guy who's singing the, the, the main lead vocal on this is actually the lead vocalist from back in the 1990s. And, and there was a whole story about how he left the band. And I, I believe he joined a cult and all this stuff. And it was oh it was a very weird story. It's that dude. And I am I mean, I, I got to tell you, I got my fingers crossed that once COVID is over, that we get to see like OG Fishbone out on the road because damn it, I will be there for that because they are a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And there's very few bands that I will, or, or artists that I will describe as forces of nature. Fishbone's one of them. Like they are just like a tidal wave. Ain't nothing you're going to do about them coming at you. It's just going to hit you. So do yourself a favor and, and listen to that version of that song. And I, I'm willing to bet you're going to say, that's one of the few times that a cover comes close and might arguably I'm not going to say it surpasses the original. It's in the discussion though. And that's a rare thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is a rare rare thing. And as we all know, rare things are to be treasured, like hope mm-hmm. as in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so thank you all very much for for bearing with us and and you know, uh, deck the halls and you know, jingle some bells and you know, chug some eggnog uh you know a a merry holiday season to you whatever holiday you might be celebrating we are of the christmas persuasion so merry christmas but if you're celebrating hanukkah which uh i'm ashamed to say i don't know exactly when that starts i could probably look at a calendar uh but whatever holiday you might be celebrating uh, a happy and merry time to you and a healthy uh, holiday as well uh we thank you for subscribing and listening uh if you'd like to subscribe if you've just joined the idiotacy uh we would like uh, if you've just joined the free range idiocy congregation if you will amen even if you won't, I mean, well, you know, what are you going to do? You're listening, so we're, we're recording this, mother. Um, so if you've just joined the congregation, we thank you. We, we thank you. We, we aren't going to pass the collection plate quite yet. Uh, we will save that for later because, you know, damn it, Timmy's trying to up his bourbon game and trying to start his collection. I need 350. Um, so. 
three fifty. Uh, so if you would like to subscribe to Free Range Idiocy, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. We are on we are on Spotify. You can also find us on the Podbean app. You can go to freerangeidiocy.com. That will have all of our episodes right there, lined up all pretty in a row for you. You can listen to all of them, give us all kinds of downloads, and, and you know, because quite honestly, we're only doing this because we like to see our names on the internet. It's a big kick for us. We're simple-minded people, and you know, well, whatever. So uh, <laughs> be sure to do that. Follow us on the social medias because that again that gives us a little tickle uh you know i mean again i don't want you i don't want to give you any uh you know untoward thoughts but you know tim is funny when you tickle him and so <laughs> you follow us on on the social medias we're on uh, we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter all of those are at free range idiocy if you have any suggestions because you know what if there's one thing that we have all learned in the past oh i don't know 10 15 years Everybody on the internet's a critic. Everybody's got a better way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Well, damn it. Why don't you just chime in and send us a message at Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Tell us, Give us a suggestion. Give us some feedback. You know, go ahead and harangue Tim for, well, honestly, you're going to harangue me. But har- harangue me via Tim. Oh, you know you're and, getting harangued if I'm getting harangued. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always up for a good haranguing. But, you know, that's just me. Uh. I'm, I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment, as they say. But, uh, but you know, do all those things. Subscribe. Share it. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family member. It is the holidays. Share it. Share the love and the joy with a family member. Mm-hmm. But, damn it, share it with an enemy, too. We aren't picky. We we have absolutely zero standards when it comes to how who listens to this show. So we appreciate everybody equally, uh, even if you don't. Uh, so uh, now this is the point in the time when we, we come to the – finally we come to the crux of the moment. Uh, uh, crux of the moment? The, the moment of the crux? The – the uh, man, my shorts are kind of tight. Hey. So, uh, we, we come to the point when the show is ending, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I say, Tim, you know, it's that time of year we should be, we should be thinking about giving back. We should be thinking about all the, all the good things that we have in our life. We should be thinking about good things, mm-hmm. about, about lovely things, about you know, all, the, all the good people in this world. And we just spent two hours and change talking about Will Ferrell. The hell did we learn this week? Well, my friend, before we get into the holidays, first of all, we have learned this being the final week of fantasy football regular season play. You, sir, are the better man than I when it comes to managing your squad, and uh, you will continue on to the playoffs while I will fall back into mediocrity, at least for this season. I, I owe everything that I am today to old NFL films movies that were shown on TV just to keep it trickling the ball down the field boys that's just right keep it trickling the ball down the field what people I don't know, what don't know is. is that Uncle Todd actually dresses up like Vince Lombardi from back in the 60s mm. <laughs> I've got the I've got actually I just do have yelling like, at random thick, moments <laughs> I have I have the thick like black rim glasses now that I think about it all I'm lacking is the success you pull it off we learn Warner Brothers is getting ahead of the game streaming their movies as well as releasing them in theaters. Either that or they're just completely flushing their future down the toilet. That could very well be. (laughs) As we've discussed tonight, we have 
you know, there, there there's a lot of great holiday movies out there. Take some time mm. with friends and family. Sit and watch some of these. They, 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 they are fun. They are heartwarming. They are comfort food, as Uncle Todd put it at one point. Mm. Uh, definitely nice check them out. warm Christmas meatloaf. Oh, there we go. Because, <laughs> you know, you finally found the analogy when you get it to meatloaf. <laughs> I like meatloaf. I do like meatloaf too. Oh, dude, I I made meatloaf the other day. Oh boy, here let me we tell go. you, I made meatloaf. I put like half a pound of bacon in that mofo. Oh, uh huh. Mmm, mm-hmm. it was that good. That completely jives with my diet. I could do that. All, all of a sudden, that the, you turn your 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 song around really quick. Then like, oh wait, the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Turn into like that dog in the sausages commercial. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah, we're off track. Anyways, back to back to where you, you were. You were tying this thing up in a nice, neat bow for us. Yeah, I was trying to at least. I, and I distracted you again. I'm sorry. No worries. No worries. Uh, you know, so enjoy the movies. Enjoy the songs of the season. Enjoy this time of year uh, with friends and family. And uh, you know, do do consider. Uh, you know, thinking of others, considering what what family and friends have done for you this year, reflect. Uh, this this end of year time is a time where we just kind of think back and you know try to appreciate what we uh, have and what we've experienced. Although for 2020, <laughs> you're gonna yeah, be digging around geez. quite a bit. With that being said, uh, be safe, be good to one another, uh, be healthy. You know, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Uncle Todd and I, we need three fit. So, mm. please, hit the lights on the way out. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. They all hate you. Shut up, Wesley. No kidding, this is my podcast. I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Three fitted. <laughs> <laughs>